The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan alongside the young boy Josh Smith. I want to thank you again for downloading and listening to another week of Keeping It Strong Style. On today's show, we'll be covering the New Japan Cup Finals, Strong Style Evolved, Sakura Genesis, as well as all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Make sure you support the Social Suplex Podcast Network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can get all the podcast archives along with all of our columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up and get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. All right, young boy, we have a lot to cover this week. Yeah, man, this... uh. This has been another like crazy week, kind of like how the uh, the anniversary show like breezed by, and then all of a sudden we were just in the New Japan Cup, and it kind of came from nowhere. That's what this week felt like. Like, what happened to the New J- New Japan Cup Finals? I, it's almost like it's an afterthought now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like it was like a month ago, but it was a week ago. Yeah, yeah. No, this has been a really, really, really week. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think we got an awesome show lined up right here. Yeah, and luckily we got a lot of good good like wrestling to cover. <laughs> yeah, and we're in the new strong style studios. Yeah, we are. So th- that's another reason that this has been a hectic week. <laughs> yeah, freaking moving into this place. We got worked by the uh, by the movers. Yeah, man, they they're like pulled a fast one. Us trying to. Yeah, they didn't show up on Saturday morning. I had to come home from my late night gallivanting. <laughs> if, from, I, if I would have known they weren't going to show up, I would have just like slept in. I would from from your uh, hands on uh, night I, interactive. I, it, we don't have to talk about what I was doing. <laughs> I just all I'm saying is I could have slept in and got some like village and pancakes or something. Yeah, yeah. I came home early. And those freaking jabronis never showed up. They worked us. Oh, my God. But it's all right. We're here. We're finally here in the new Strong Style Studios. Getting ready to give you guys another episode of Keeping a Strong Style. Yeah, man. I'm excited. So let's right. uh, let's jump into it. What do we got today? So we're going to start off talking about the New Japan Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that show, opened up with a uh, singles match with the Young Boys uh, Shota Umino took an on uh, taking on Yagi. Yeah, so you got like the uh, the Golden Boy versus the Bad Boy in this one. Yeah, um, 
Yagi Yagi's that dude, as I've said before, he just happens to always get beat up like worse than any of the other young boys, it seems like. Yeah, he must have some kind of like attitude problem or I don't like, know what it is. Or or maybe it's just a thing, maybe they they see more in him and expect more from him, so that's why they like fire up on him and treat yeah. him like crap. I don't know. Yeah, this was I mean, this was your standard, you know, young lion match. You know, both guys coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they really were freaking slapping the crap out of each other. The chop. Remember the chop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shades of Narita Yagi. Yagi likes to go to war, man. Yeah. Yeah, they were firing up. Yeah, a lot of big strike exchanges. Um, I mean, this was a really good back and forth match. This was a solid, like, three-star match. It was, like, seven minutes. I mean, it was, you know, your standard young young line match. They both got to show their stuff. You know, Umino got put in the Boston Crab. He got out, and then you know he, he put one. He got one of his own, but Yagi couldn't get out. So showing yeah. his superiority. Nothing, nothing crazy there. Um, you know, just a solid like opener. Yeah, but, it, was, uh, it was a really good opener. Yeah, both guys look good. I mean, Umino has been looking really good lately. I mean, they're giving him the spot. So I mean, yeah, obviously he's becoming like the new. Um, Ace of the young boys, the young lions. Yeah, I'm enjoying him. I'm liking him more than I did. I didn't like him as much during the uh, young lions cup. He's he's still not my favorite of the uh, of the lions, but I mean, I, yeah, I dig I dig Umino. It's cool. Yeah. So next up, we had another young lion in action. Oka was taking on the newly uh, elevated heavyweight Taichi. For some reason, I'm not sure why this just didn't live up to the last two Tai Chi matches I saw. Yeah, I mean, bro, <laughs> I'm talking about Tai Chi wrestling Naito and and Tanahashi. <laughs> Clearly, it's not gonna live up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's Oka. It's, it's not Naito or Tanahashi. It's, it's not the Ace or the Dark Ace. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy. I thought Oka was like the Ace. Nah, yeah. So this was this was good though. Um, I mean, it was. Like a learning experience for Oka, Taichi, who just came off of two big matches where he didn't get the win in either situation, you know, kind of puts him back in the winning like field, I suppose. Um, there's nothing really too special here. Yeah, I mean, so Taichi controlled most of this match, but Oka did get some good offense in. He got a nice uh, belly to belly suplex. And also a nice uh, gut wrench suplex. I really like Oka's suplex. He has that Oka uh, has awesome throws. Amateur uh, background, so he knows how to pop the hips and really get the arches on those suplexes. Yeah, from what I've read, I think he's got like Greco-Roman background. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. all upper body. Stuff. Yeah, you know anything about Greco-Roman, man? It's all about the throws. It's all about upper body. So I mean, yeah, Oka Oka's like starting to get more more muscular. We we keep talking about his like changing like physique. And you're starting to see him, like, putting on more muscle. So, like, I'm excited to see what happens with him. Uh, Taichi, obviously, like, is Taichi. I didn't think he, like, did anything crazy here. But, I mean, he he had a good accounting of himself. This wasn't anything blow away. And it's probably matches of the night. But it was nothing, like, to complain about. I mean, yeah. it, it served its purpose, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, up next, we had a uh, six-man tag match. We had Tangaloa. Yujiro Takahashi and Bad Luck Fale taking on the team of Big Mike, Michael Elgin, Toa Hanare, and Togi Makabe. So Makabe, I, I don't know if we covered this, but like he's back in action. It seems like his knee injury wasn't too severe. Serious, yeah. That was only a, 
well, oh, he's only out for like a week or two, right? Yeah, it wasn't anything long, so you know that's good. Um, Elgin here at the end of the tournament after you know having that big uh, win over Ishii and then the big upset to Juice here third on the card teaming with Hinari and Togi Makabe. I mean, what do you make of that? Uh, I mean, he's kind of like right back what he where he was before the IC title shot. I mean, he's it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's like he was. I mean, all last year, majority of what he was doing was tagging with Toa Hanare in these multi-man matches, and they elevated him for the IC match, and then he's right back to where he was. Well, it just it it surprises me with Elgin because when he, the way that that Elgin match, or I'm sorry, the Ishii match was, he looked like. He was getting ready for another run, and yeah. who knows? May, like, we don't know what. Oh, I'm sorry, do. I was talking about uh, Makabe, but you're talking about Elgin. I'm talking about Elgin. Yeah. Oh no, so, I'm not surprised about Makabe being back uh, down on the card at yeah. all. But yeah, Elgin. Yeah, I am. I'm con- very confused on what they're doing with him. Like you mentioned, that big uh, opening match beating Ishii, the big upset. You would think that he would have gone further in the tournament, or he would be later in the card in a different multi-man match. Well, it was like they protected him with that that pinfall loss, like that. It was like a flash finish, but then a week later, it doesn't. He does not feel like he's a guy that's ready for a run. Right. Whereas, I mean, like when that after that Ishii match, I was like, wow, this guy could win the tournament. <laughs> right. Yeah. After that Ishii match, I mean, that match pretty much like re like made him as a top guy. It felt like it, anyways, or at least at the, at that at night. That time, yeah, that night, yeah. Um, Ujiro here, who also had a really, really good showing in his match with Juice during the tournament. Um, you know, we got the obligatory Toa Hinari, you know, challenging a big dude who's going to kill him spot in this match. Him and, yeah, him and Fale. You know, Toa Hinari doesn't care about his life or his health. But yeah, I mean, this was you know pretty this was a solid match pretty standard you know you got your it it was kind of interesting that this card like i kind of expected something a little bit bigger uh but it kind of felt like just your standard like cork and hall type of like show you know what i mean yeah uh or like a road to show uh but you know you got the og bullet club and you know i don't know is would you call these guys they're not really taguchi japan i guess like uh, I, I don't think Toa Hanari is part of that. I guess no. it's just Seki Gun. Yeah. But um, yeah. How about uh, how about this? We didn't talk about this. How about Hanari's finisher as a Samoan drop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, did you notice that? Uh, did you notice what? Um, freaking Tangelo is calling his finisher now. Yeah. Ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And he did hit that on uh, Hanare here to get the win. And that's also, that's, I know they're Tongan, but uh, it's almost the same thing as the Rikishi driver yeah. that Rikishi used back in the day. They're Tongan and freaking Toa Hanare is what? New Zealander? Yeah. But they're all using Samoan, Samoan drops. <laughs> or maybe, I guess I share. Maybe Samoan driver, maybe, maybe it's a Tongan drop. Yeah, they need to change the name. And a Tongan driver. <laughs> No, I think I think uh, Chase Owens package power driver is the Tongan driver. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yo, Chase Owens, if you're listening to this, you need to start calling your package power driver the Tongan driver. Bro, tweet him, tweet him. Dude, that. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet him. I'm gonna tweet at him. <laughs> I would tweet him. I just don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, Tengaloa, Yujiro, Takahashi, and Balak Fale get the win after you know Hanari gets. Uh, Isolated and he gets hit with the Samoan driver finish, and that's it for Hinari. One, two, three. 
And we move on. Yeah. So, so far, just kind of like a normal Matt. The only thing that was like up to this point that was different was getting to see, you know, the young boys in a singles match. But other than that, pretty by the numbers card. Yeah. So up next, uh, we had a tag match with uh, Toro Yano and Ishii taking on Killer Elite Squad, Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, inter- Good deal. Yeah. Um, pretty much like was a unannounced number one contenders match for the tag titles because um, for the last several months now they've been building up Yano and Ishii on these shows with several tag wins and then once Killer Elite Squad started touring again they have been picking up several um, victories as well yeah I don't think that they were um, I don't think at all that they were building up Ishii and Yano so that they could job to Killer Elite Squad. I've, I'm firmly of the thought that they were supposed to get a title shot, but with the injury that happened in Australia with Evil, I think that sidelined their plans. Yeah. And, you know, for the time being, it looks like maybe Yano and Ishii are getting phased out of that role. Um, but this match, it was funny, we were watching this match with uh, James and Rich, or this card in general, and they were like, yeah. they were like, Yano and Ishii against Killer Elite Squad, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, this match is going to be really good, actually. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, no, but this match really delivered. It was one of the best matches of the night, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Killer Elite Squad always has some of the best matches. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like a great team. And we mention this all the time. They're, like, they're kind of like perfect for each other because Lance Archer has a lot of charisma where Dave Boy Smith Jr. has none. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Dave Boy Smith Jr. is obviously the more technical of the two, being trained in the dungeon and learning how to stretch him. Yeah, and he, you know, he's trained it like, you know, in Japan and in England with Josh Barnett. You know, he's got an MMA background and he's a very technical guy for, a, you know, a man his size. It's just he's terrible on the mic. And as even though he's got a great look, he just he's got no swag like it's, yeah. it's hard to describe but um, and then Lance Archer has great character work and awesome power man moves but man like he's just he's not a singles guy you know yeah. you him, he's he, just lacking he's, yeah he has to be he's definitely a tag guy uh, but these two guys together are great if you know even though like I freaking can't stand you know the, the gimmick and I mean we've talked so much about the water but it's not just us dude it seems like everyone who covers New Japan is saying the same thing it's like we're not alone here yeah like, dude, like, we're going, we're planning on going to the New Japan show that's coming to Florida. I don't know about if, it now. If Lance Archer is there and he tries to spit water on me, I'm going to shoot on him. I remember one time I was reading Hogan's book back in the day, like years and years ago when I was still a Hogan Mark, and he talked about, uh, he had a match with somebody. It might have even been Lesnar or something like that. But that someone told him that they were going to hit him with a chair and they were going to send it. He's like, all right. And he didn't like – he'd been in the wrestling industry all these years and he didn't know what that terminology meant. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, I've never heard that terminology either. I've only heard it in Hogan's book. So I don't even know if this is – <laughs> you, you never know if it's even real. You know what I mean? But uh, apparently, like, sending it means not hitting them on the flat side but, like, swinging it, like, with uh, the, the hard edge. Oh, man. And uh, Hogan, like, barely, like, escaped. Like, he almost got, like, killed. (laughs) And, like, every time I see freaking uh, Lance Archer do that, I just think, oh, my God, grab one of these chairs and I would send that shit, like... (laughs) Right, yeah, dude. I would kill this man, like... I would... I, I got a short temper, dude, like... Oh, man, like... 
I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to really restrain myself. And I'm not like trying to talk a big game or anything because I'm sure that this dude could kill me. But like, nothing, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, he'd probably like squashes, but still, it's nothing, stuff. nothing pisses me off more than like I don't want someone spitting on me. Like, yeah. period. I don't care if it's water or what it is. What, like, yeah, I'm not paying a ticket to to have you spit on me. Like, I feel like people should like petition against like New Japan from letting that crap. But the, the crazy thing, some fans want him to spit on them. Bro, I don't get it. I'm not even like a. a one of these, like, I don't know what you call it, like, everyone needs a petition and, like, politically correct type people. I'm not like that. Like, I don't care. But, dude, if I come to your show, don't freaking spit on me. Like, I can't spit on the wrestlers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you can't do that. You can't grab water and spit on them from out there. So what makes it that they're allowed to do that to you and it's cool? It's not cool. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Like, oh, my God. Anyways, so... Why do we have to talk? Because there's nothing else to talk about these guys. That's why we end up talking about it. It's like, all right, one guy's great. One guy's got, you know, character work and they spit on people. All right, great. And they're big. Yeah. And they have a killer bomb. They're vascular. They're vascular. <laughs> so, but yeah, Toriano and Ishii got in there and they had a match. And it, this was this was reminiscent of some of the more like upper tier uh like tag league stuff that we saw earlier in December. Like yeah. like really good, but yeah. not great. But still really good. I think like the added stakes that you mentioned that it's like an unofficial title eliminator uh, kind of added to the drama of this match. Yeah. And uh, it was very interesting seeing like Ishii um, going up against Archer and uh, Dayboy Smith because obviously they're so much bigger than him. But how he carries himself and he didn't back down from those guys whatsoever. And um, he was able to hit the... Brainbuster, I think. On, yeah, he did on Lance Archer. He did, yeah, and it was awesome. Too. Yeah, I thought that was the finish. Yeah, but I guess it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I remember us like we were all freaking out. We we're like, cover him, cover him. But uh, really good match. You know, eventually Yano got isolated. Uh, Ishi, you know, there was a few times where Ishii came in and made saves, so it kind of added to the drama of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, some near falls, but ultimately it was killer bomb one two three. Luckily, Yano took the pin. And Killer Elite Squad, it looks like they're on their way to a title shot. I don't know when. The, I don't uh, know. Maybe next, uh, this coming up Saturday at uh, Secure Genesis or Sunday. They whatever. haven't said anything. So it's like, they going to strip these boys of the titles? Like, how long are they going to let these dudes hold on to the belts? Like, I don't know. What's what's the IWGP uh, ruling on uh, title? I, I, I keep trying to get a hold of those guys. I never <laughs> hear anything back. I don't know. Uh, how about after the match, freaking uh, Lance Lance Archer hitting Narita with like the biggest freaking choke slam I've ever seen. Oh in my, my life. gosh! Yeah, we rewatched it like three times. <laughs> it was like some night like nine one one ECW like yeah like nineteen ninety five level like choke slams like the way Big Show used to do it before he like got soft on people. <laughs> Remember when he used to just like lift people all the yeah, way up and bring them down, just drop them. Yeah. So then uh, that led us to um, another tag team match. We got the team of Chaos, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi against Dave Finley and Juice. Oh, the flamboyant. Yeah, get it right. Juice Robinson. And uh, what were your thoughts here? I mean, this was another, uh, you know, okay tag. It was a good tag match. Um, I was really happy here to see... uh, Juice get the win here on Goto. Um, Juice, we talk about you know how much he's improved and 
he just keeps getting better and better every match he's in. And I really would love to see him get his first singles title this year. Yeah, you said that in the last show. Yeah, and I would love to see him beat Goto. I mean, so let's let's backtrack here a little bit, okay? You know, Juice Robinson, you know, kind of graduates from being a young lion. And then last year at uh, wrote what's the what's the I always forget the, the freaking name of it uh, New Year's Dash yeah so New Year's Dash he's in the 10 man tag against Chaos and he gets a pinfall win over Goto right right and what title did Goto hold at the time the never title exactly then going into New Beginning we get a title match uh, Juice Robinson versus Goto for the never title and I don't know if you remember that match but the story was clearly that Juice was not in Goto's league right he wasn't ready he wasn't ready at all yeah, like, he was not on the same class. He wasn't on the same level. Um, you know, it was like he was fighting from underneath the entire match, essentially, and he got dominated, and it was like he had, he had to pretty much go back to the drawing boards. You, you take a look at the rest of Juice's um, progression. He had a great showing in the New Japan Cup last year. That was, like, his first, like, real taste of, like, success. He ended up getting a title shot uh, against – who did he wrestle for? He got a title sh- shot against Kenny Omega. Yep. He got a title shot for the uh, – that was for the U.S. title. He also got an IC title shot against – was it Naito? Had to have been, right? Or was it Tanahashi? I feel like it was Naito. He definitely got an IC title shot. He got three title shots last year, mm-hmm. and he lost all of them. And then he was in the G1. He had uh, he beat Kenny Omega in the G1. Right, that's how he got the U.S. title match. Yeah, so I mean, he had a, a big year, um, just progressing, progressing. He, you know, made it really far in the tag league, and then all of a sudden, like after the tag league, it's like he's been taken off. Yeah. And so you know, where a year later, Goto's got that belt again, and how do they set it up? He gets a pinfall win over the dude that he, you know, got a pinfall win over to win his first or to get his first title opportunity. But the juice that we're seeing right now is not the juice that we were seeing a year ago. This juice is on a whole nother level. He has proven that he can hang Oto. I mean, he was hanging the ace uh, this year, the new Japan cup. Exactly. Um, Hanging in there with Elgin. So this is like a tougher juice, a more experienced juice. He's tested. Yeah. He's tested. He's had. He has experience. He's got wins over top guys. He's beaten uh, Kenny Omega. He, I don't think he's beat Tanahashi yet, but no. Uh, he can't. He nearly beat him. He beat Elgin. He's you know he's he's on a run. He's got momentum on his side, and I think like. Do you think he beats Goto? Uh, I don't see. I'm kind of like conflicted because I mean, Goto's only had what one title defense. Two. You Two. Keep, you keep saying that. You forget well, yeah. the, the Beer City Bruiser. What was defense? the other title defense? Uh, against Evil, the crappy one, the worst. Oh yeah. <laughs> see, that's the. I remember the Beer City Bruiser one. It's oh, the okay. Eve. It's the Evil one. I forget. How can you forget the freaking beads? Those, <laughs> those power beads, bro. Goto's beads. Yeah. His beads of power. Dude. Um. So yeah. So he's only had two title defenses so far, and they neither of them were great. So I don't know if they're trying to extend this run. Who's had more title defenses than him, though? Like, pretty much just Okada. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. If it was up to me, if I was Ghetto, I would book Juice to go over here and get the Never title. Yeah, but sometimes they don't do that. I know. (laughs) Sometimes you think it's the right time and it's the right 
I think it is the right time. Personally, I'm I'm in the same uh, boat, especially since like. I don't know. Goto's not really doing much for me as the champion yeah, this time around. Yeah, I mean, he's not doing much. I mean, he's just kind of there. It's like... And they have not, they've been building this guy up for long enough. It's time to, like, maybe pull the trigger if they're going to do it at all. They don't need to, like, have him chase and chase and chase and chase. I think it's time... If they're going to have him chase... Build him up and have him chase the belt that means something. Don't don't pigeonhole the dude and have him chase the never belt. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's gonna be at young boy status forever. Like <laughs> you know, that'd be like someone chasing the European title, like what? Like, like you wanna be D Lo Brown forever? Like Like you don't want IC or the world title, like So uh but this match right here, Goto and Yoshihashi and Finley and Juice is what you'd expect. Three stars, you know, all guys are solid. We we We've beaten Yoshihashi to death. <laughs> Obviously, like, you know, our, our listeners know how we feel about him. Finley, you know, great guy. We always... Now, here was another thing. I was like, well, Finley's taking the fall here. Yeah, I see it. And so, that th- it's guys, seriously, when we watch New Japan and we see David Finley come out, we're literally like, oh, we know what team's losing. So, the fact that not only did Dave Finley not lose here, plus, don't forget... That guy got a pinfall win on Chucky e. T on the last the, uh, the the night before this I think yeah 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 so yeah so I mean him and Juice are both like they're on the the come up so yeah so Juice got a pinfall win and we're gonna be most likely seeing him challenge for the Never Belt so that's yeah. super exciting yeah he countered the uh, Oshigoroshi and hit him with the Pulp Friction nice and clean yeah he pinned him clean it wasn't a roll up none of that crap so good deal uh, let's go to the next match we had. Uh, uh, Suzuki Goon versus Lij. Yep, yep, yep. And the Suzuki Goon team was Desperado, uh, Iska, Kanemaru, and Suzuki. Yeah, they took on Naito, Takahashi, Sonata, and Bushi. And um, this was not as good as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, this the problem. This match was kind of riddled with the normal Suzuki, it is a Suzuki Gun Goon match. Was, I'm, I'm I'm over the Suzuki Goon match, bro. Yeah, the brawl to the outside, no control. Hitting people with the barricades, chairs. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on one of the previous shows. My whole analogy about, like, WCW brawling versus WWF brawling in the 90s. Mm, I don't think you did. Okay, so, like, you know, back in the 90s, you would watch, like, a Stone Cold match or something like that. And his brawling would be, like, this, like or The Rock or Triple H or, you know, that was the style, the main event style. Or even, like, the hardcore matches that WWF did back then. That was, like, the style. And it, like, they would go, they'd be crazy. You know what I mean? They'd go all over the building. They'd go in the crowd. And it wasn't just something that was, like, I don't know, like a rest hold or something. Like, they were active. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, uh, the last couple times in WWE, I can even remember something being like that. It's like, I don't know, like, the Roman against AJ match at Extreme Rules. Or, like, the, I don't know, the Extreme Rules with, like, the Shield and Evolution where they're all yeah, over the building. Yeah, yeah. But you don't see it that often over there. But in... At the same time, WCW would try to do that crap, but they they would do it with like Hogan and Piper and Savage and Flair. All the old dudes. And bro, it would be so slow. <laughs> It'd be so freaking slow. And they like no one'd be getting counted. And they'd be just using like smoke and mirrors crap and no one'd be getting hurt. And it wasn't like hard hitting at all. This 
what we see with Suzuki Goon is like the perfect marriage of those two things. It's wild, but no one's getting hurt. And then it's pretty much like they just go out, they throw a couple barricades. It's essentially just a rest hold. It's just a really long rest hold. No one's like actually doing any work. It's just taking up time. And then they go back into the ring and then hope for a count out. And that's pretty much it. It's bull yeah, crap. Yeah. It, it, dude, if they want to go in the crowd and fight... I'm all for that, but actually fight. Like, if they're just going to go out there, choke the guy with the chair, throw a barricade on him, and walk back, I'm like, what is the point? This serves no – it tells no story. It serves no purpose except for it is a rest hold. It pretty much is because, I mean, they're just sitting out there. They're holding the barricade on the guy's throat for, like, 10 minutes. It's just a really exciting rest hold. That's all it is. (laughs) It's like Hulk Hogan, you know, hitting dudes – like, choking dudes with his freaking belt on the outside and, like, you know, I don't know. It, uh, just stupid crap like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm over. I'm over the Suzuki Goon uh, match. And then we had uh, you know, Iska in there with this the, the Iron Glove, the Iron Claw. Oh yeah, there was a lot of freaking shenanigans on, in this match. Like, yeah. I, I that's I'm just I'm over it. Like I'm over the choking him with the rope, biting them. Yeah. The iron Claw. He, he uh, freaking- bit Naito's foot at one point in this match. I mean, he does it in every match. It's the same yeah. crap. Like, it's the same crap. Like, I don't even want to review it. Like, I'll watch it, whatever, but, like, I'm not even going to waste breath on it. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's crap. I mean, the main the main thing here, this was to continue to set up Suzuki versus Naito. They're heating that up for some point. I will say this. Sonata got the skull in on Azuka and tapped him out. Yeah. So yep. that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just continue to set up Suzuki and Naito. Naito still... We, t- got, we got two angles out of this Yeah, match. Naito continues to disrespect Suzuki. And then also uh, Suzuki was killing him in this match. Though. Oh yeah, he was. And then after was it this night where after after the match they went brawling to, afterwards. And well, they didn't really brawl. It was more like Suzuki took him yeah, to the outside like and Suzuki just stomped him. Stomped yeah. him, beat the crap out. Took him out back. Yeah, he took him back. Showed the him the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this was um, something that really furthered that feud, and it's looking like that's going to be the next major like title program is Suzuki and uh, Naito. Naito. And then which, we, I think we've like kind of talked about that in the past. Yeah, we covered it last week. We talked about it some last week. But it was nice, like on a sh- on this show that kind of felt lackluster up to this point to actually have an angle, even especially after a match that I didn't, you know, really enjoy to begin with was kind of nice, I suppose. Yeah. Then uh, the other angle, uh, Bushi and Hiromu with uh, Desperado and Kanamaru. Um, after the match, um, Bushi, Takahashi, Desperado, and Kamarano, Kamar- Kanamaru are brawling, and then uh, Rapungi 3K comes out and uh, beats them down on staying tall. Yeah, so um, we're getting a three-way. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's already it's already been announced, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later for Sakura Genesis, uh, three-way for the um, IIT, our junior IWGP tag title. NXT? I don't know what I was saying. I said something completely wrong, but yeah, the, for the junior um, heavyweight tag titles, the NXT junior <laughs> tag team titles of the world. No, yeah. So this was a, another angle setting up that feud. So you know, we got these six guys. It is what it is. You know, we'll talk more about it, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So we had a, a really interesting tag team match in Chucky e. T and Kazushiko Okada taking on uh, the real. Tongan, <laughs> Chase Owens, and the Golden Star, Kota Bushi. Yeah. So we had the uh, the Rainmaker friends against uh, the Golden Tongans. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, so essentially, um, I'm really liking the stuff with Owens and Abushi. Yeah. Like when he try, he'll try to like give him the two sweet and Abushi like high five. High fives him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. Yeah, they've been teaming a lot this whole tour, and uh, you know Chase, he keeps getting put asleep by Okada and Chase's whole thing was he wants to drop Okada on his head with the package <laughs> pile driver the Tongan driver yeah the Tongan driver and even in a couple of the backstage promos Kodo was like Chase is more fired up than usual he has like fighting spirit or something like that uh, I like I saw one of the backstage uh, promos where Bushi was like am I part of the Bullet Club now <laughs> <laughs> Like, he doesn't even know if he's part of the Bullet Club or not. Yeah. Like, no one really seems to know what heck is going on there. Yeah. I love Chucky e. T and uh, Okada. Was this the night where Okada said the thing that he said? Yeah, so, yeah, the post-match promo, so... No, no, no during, oh. during the match. Oh, the Scooby-Dooby-Doo! <laughs> <laughs> I, like, don't uh. know what the crap that was. Uh, we don't usually get to see fun Okada like this, yeah. except for, like, during... Um, I don't know, like, the, like Fantastic Mania. So, I don't know. It's something about him and Chucky e. T teaming together. He just becomes, like, a comedy guy. Yeah, he loves it. But He, he freaking hit a uh, flying crossbody off the top rope, and he was like, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Yeah, he said, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. And I was like, what the freak? Like, <laughs> why? Did someone, like, pay him in the back and be like, yo, I bet you won't say Scooby-Dooby-Doo during yeah. the match tonight? And he's like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, oh, I don't know. That man. was that was pretty crazy. And then yeah, you posted that thing on Reddit. Yeah. So uh, Chucky T and Okada got the win here, and in the post match promo, um, Okada the press conference, Okada was like, uh, Chucky T and I are the best tag team in the world, something like that. And um, he was like, We will take tag teams team, to, to new, new heights. heights. Yeah. And so I took a screen capture of that and I threw it up on the uh, New Japan Reddit. And everybody popped for it as much as I did. I got a lot of upvotes, a lot of link karma from that. What's link karma? You know the the number that you're trying to get up, like the your. Pop- I'm, not, I'm not trying to get any number up. Pop- I, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I post something and I'm like, all right, have at it, boys. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what a link karma is. It's like, is it like getting likes on Facebook or Instagram or whatever? Uh, kind of. It's pretty much when, when people upvote. The more upvote you get, the higher link karma, like karma you get. Okay, cool. So it's like a pop. Pretty much, yeah. Getting a, getting, getting a over. Pop. I was getting over. Getting over on Reddit. You're yeah, over. I was uh, blowing the territory up. What kind of pop would you say it was? Was that like Roll Royer pop? <laughs> it was the number one uh, post for a while. On New Japan Reddit man had like oh two hundred something upvotes. Yeah. So this, um, I think Chase Owens got like submitted by. Uh, freaking Okada like four or five times on this tour yeah with the same finish ah man I don't know I don't know like it's cool like hey their mat- the matches they've been having with Okada or with yeah with Okada been really really good uh, Kota Bushi and Chase Owens been te- like a really fun tag team and things have been great you know nothing blow away but still very consistently good but dude do a different finish like if you're going to get that move over i know you're in a different city but like there are people watching every night it's not like this is a house show you know what i mean right they're doing the same finish in the same position with the same exact mannerisms i'm like dude you're exposing the business right now boys like come on either that or chase owens is just the biggest idiot like can't figure (laughs) out how to like get out of this like billion yen dream i don't know man yeah 
So, I don't know. I was disappointed. Like, I'm a Chase Owens mark. I want them to push the guy. I know. At the start of this match, I'm pretty sure you were like, Chase better not tap to the <laughs> billion dream again. I just, like, it's fine. Like, if he's, it, hey, if that's Okada's move, great. Like, I get it. I'm not against that. But, and, and like, if someone's going to take the fall, clearly it's Chase. But if you're going to set up that move, do it different. Like, do it different. Build on the story. Like, yeah. these are smart wrestlers. Don't do the same, like... Like, he goes for the package, he gets out of it, he gets caught in the billionaire dream, he takes one knee, and then he starts tapping. Like, this is, I saw it five times. Yeah, like, each night, maybe have him hang on a little bit longer. Just do something, set yeah. it up differently, or, like, have him, like, try to learn from his mistake. Right, and, like, like counter it or something. I don't know, it's fine. Like, I'll, I will say this, uh, on a night where I was kind of expecting this to be a, a better card, this was, like, just the same as any other... Mm. Aside from the angle with the Suzuki Goon match, this was the same as any other New Japan Cup uh, match or, you know, night that we saw, except maybe not even as good. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. So it was fine, but uh, we finally made it to the finals. Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. taking on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, for the New Japan Cup. So. Let's do this. How about before we talk about the match, let's talk about these guys' builds. You want to talk about Zach or you want to talk about Tanahashi? I can talk about Zach. So, uh, Zach Sabre Jr., he's a guy, as soon as, he, I know as soon as I saw him listed in the tournament, I really didn't think he was going to go far at all. I didn't think there would be any emphasis. You had him on, losing in the first round. Yeah, I had him losing in the first round of my bracket. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like a freaking jabroni now. <laughs> I forgot about it. Now I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, like, I, dude, I expected Hey, it. but here, here's the thing, Jeremy. You're not the only one. Yeah. A lot of people. A yeah. lot of people. I mean, I expected no emphasis on him whatsoever. He's just there to help get the uh, New Japan guys the full-time new japan guys over um and that was not the case here um there was a plan ghetto had a plan here a full-on uh saber push and uh so yeah it started off who's his first opponent again uh naito yeah started uh, off with Tetsuya, yeah naito, started off with naito the biggest uh <laughs> like the biggest draw in the entire company yeah <laughs> hey man it's, it's been a while since we watched these tournament matches bro it it really has not been, but you're right. It feels like it has been. The problem, the amount of wrestling we watch, like... Bro, we got through this whole tournament. Like, yeah, how the freak are we Watch doing this, this whole tournament. I mean, plus, all, you know, the live events that we've been going to. I mean, we've seen, like, what, two NXT live shows now. Um, oh, we saw Velveteen versus Ricochet. It's pretty dope, by the way. Yeah. If you're listening out there, <laughs> um, get ready for that match. When it comes to uh, the big screen, it's going to be good. Yes, yes. Yeah, back to Saber. So yeah, starts off with Naito, and he just beats the crap out of Naito, taps him out, and then from there to start off, that started the momentum that he was gonna carry on in this tournament. Uh huh. Yeah. And next up, what he had Ibushi. Yeah. And did the same thing to Ibushi, and then he had Sonata, and. Did the same thing to Sonata. I mean, Sonata just looked just like a guy in that match. And Sabre just was out-wrestling these guys, getting them in multiple holds, um, showing all the various submission holds and hooks and stuff that he knows it can do. And was just destroying these guys and mm. um, just laid a, a path of carnage on the way to these finals. Great. 
so yeah that every i agree with everything that you're saying there so that's a that's a great like backstory on uh you know his path so you know i'm going to talk about the ace here so we got hiroshi tanahashi and you know one of the biggest surprises was that was that tanahashi was in this tournament to begin with nobody thought he was coming back i didn't think we were going to see this guy till g1 time um and he dude he's like working a full-time schedule again yeah i'm like what uh, never mind i won't even say that. <laughs> you, you know how there, there, there's those allegations going on in america with the, the 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 roman reigns video and stuff i'm like oh this dude might be on no, i'm just joking ace is all natural he's yeah he's hit, totally uh, clean. ace hitting up uh nutrition solutions yeah nutrition solutions I, I, international shipping yeah <laughs> but um no, but like it, it is insane. I don't know how he's working, and it's so smart what Tanahashi's doing at this phase. He's a guy who is clearly suffering from injuries, and he's working that into the gimmick of his, you know, of his character and his story and the story of his matches. Um, it's excellent. It's it's excellent psychology. With that being said, uh, you know he started off in the first night with the match against Taichi, who was surging, you know, coming off of his announcement as being a heavyweight his great match that he had with Naito and a lot of people had uh, Tai Chi pulling the upset win especially with you know Tanahashi not winning He's, know, he, he lost what the uh, three first rounds in a row yeah, yeah. so I mean it, it was something where people were like hey if he, he comes back and he's still hurt it would it make sense for him to come in show his face put over Taichi, get out of there, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, that it wasn't the case. Like, he came in, he wrestled, he went full hard. I think he outdid the match he had with Taichi. I think it did out the, it outdid the match that uh, Taichi and Naito had, you know, just earlier in the week. Um, you know, he got past Taichi, went on to the second round, and he ended up wrestling, uh, was it Fale? Yeah. Yep, so he wrestled Fale. They had a, a great big man match. He kind of struggled with him. He struggled with all the guys, just to be clear here. It wasn't like Tanahashi. He struggled with Taichi and his cheating and all that, but he overcame it. He struggled with Fale and his power and, you know, just his size. But he was able to outsmart him and get the count out win. And then he ended up going against Juice and he had to deal with his youth and his enthusiasm and, you know, and his fire, like his fiery, like fighting spirit. Uh, but he used his wiles and his like, uh, you know, his experience to outclass Juice and still show Juice that there's another level that he still hasn't gotten to. Um all, all three matches, the especially the, the Taichi match was excellent, and then the Juice match was probably, I would say, Tanahashi's best match of the tournament. Really set up the, the story where it's like, now he's beaten these three different challenges. He's still struggling with his injury, still struggling with losing to a submission guy. Is he the Tanahashi of old, and is he going to be able to make it to the final, or, you know, win this thing so he can go face his old rival to stop him from taking his uh his record basically right i mean he could either face okada or there was also there's also the revenge yeah. on suzuki yeah so he was talking about challenging suzuki and they started to tease that a little bit on this tour so we weren't even really sure and that's why like the finals seemed so much in doubt we we struggled last week on the show when we were trying to predict who was going to win this match because I think you ultimately said Zack Sabre Jr. I think I ultimately came down to I didn't want to bust my bracket and I said Tanahashi. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about this match. So yeah, so this match again was Saber uh, doing what Saber does best and applying multiple submission holds, just really you know 
kind of outworking Tanahashi. Um, at the beginning of the match, uh, Tana was kind of keeping up with him uh, with the escapes out of some of his holes. Uh, but eventually, he, he just couldn't keep up with you know the technical skill of Zack Saber. Yeah, I mean, it was this this match was in a lot of ways very, very, very reminiscent of the other matches that we saw Zach Zach Saber Jr. have on this, you know, in this tournament. Um, and uh, this was also very similar to their uh, G one match with uh, Saber going after the injured bicep. I think personally and we'll we'll get to the finish of this match but I think for me I think I like their G1 match better than any of the other matches they had including this one. Yeah. But yeah, you're 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 correct. This is very similar to that match. Um you know, I saw a lot of people throw match of the year level main event out there. I did not think this was that. I did not think that it was that cuz yeah, we saw um yeah, we saw all over. I saw all over Twitter. People were like, "Yeah, match of the year, match of the year, five stars." I was like, "Oh man, I'm pumped to watch yeah, this match now." And then we, you know, got home from work, fired up the New Japan World, and uh, in my opinion, I did not see a five star match. It I was good. It was good match. Um, really good. I mean, there's nothing to complain about. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, this match sucked." <laughs> right. I it mean, didn't. I'm thinking like. For me, like four and a quarter, maybe. That's right, like four. Yeah, I was at like four, maybe four and a quarter with the drama of it. Um, I thought what was excellent was just like Zach, like outpaced Tanahashi. Right, and, uh, and Tanahashi is the dude who never gets tired. Yeah, and like I, never. I think another great point you made. You were like, uh, you were like, why? You said this one when, when we were watching. You're like, why is Tana wrestling Sabers match, dude? Because that's what happens. Uh, well, that was me complaining from a standpoint of like I felt like Tanahashi from a kayfabe should have tried to to wrestle his high impact style, right? Um, but he he seemed to get lulled into Zack Saber. I forgot that I said that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, he Zack Saber Jr. is a guy who makes guys wrestle at his pace. He slows things down. He brings them into his world, and they can't beat him wrestling his style match because he's the best at what he does. Simple as that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they just can't. Like, nobody can match up hold for hold for, with him. Yeah. But ultimately, what I really liked was the finale of the match. So, I mean, even though the match went on for a while, to me, it didn't feel like the match was about to end. So, it kind of caught me off. I don't know if it did for you. Yeah, I mean, and the thing with Saber is, like, he has so many submission holes, and he doesn't just use one as a finish. So, you really never know what hold is going to end the match. Like, there's not that anticipation of, like, oh, he has, like, the sharpshooter locked in, so I know, or the cripple across face, like, I know it's going to end. Like, he just literally gets you in whatever he feels like, and so you just, you never expect when his matches are going to end. Well, it got to a point where they were on the mat, and Tanahashi, you know, he had Tanahashi caught, so Tanahashi was like, all right, well, I'm going to try a scramble. I'm going to try this over here. And then, you know, to get to the ropes or something of that nature, and he, he grabs his arm, and then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to go that way, and he, he grabs his other leg. And so then, like, he's just tied up everywhere, and eventually, like, Tanahashi's, like, start, starts running out of ideas, and he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to I'm gonna kick this dude in the head a bunch of times, <laughs> see if that works. Yeah. And uh, freaking... You know, Saber grabs that leg, hooks him, uh, drags him right to the center of the ring, and he puts that orienting napalm death 
Is, Def, that, uh, is that what he calls it? It's the... Uh, the Orienting Napalm Death? Yeah. Crap, I had it here a second ago. He needs to call it the Death Lock, because if you're yeah. going to have a finisher move, it needs to be called... Yeah, Orienting with Napalm Death, yeah. Yeah, Orienting with Napalm Death. He, he just called it Napalm Death Lock. Orienting with Napalm Death Lock. Yeah. Everything that has death on it needs to be Lock. Indian Death Lock. Yeah. Like... Don't just call it death. That's anticlimactic. Anyways, uh, but yeah, that move, bro. They have gotten that over as one of the most serious finishing holds in New Japan in the span of like a week. I mean, well, they, they've gotten Zack Sabre Jr. over as a main event guy in for four matches. Bro, he tapped out. He tapped out Tanahashi for the second time. Like, I don't remember. I mean, I remember the first time he tapped him out. And I was like, you know, it's not like Tanahashi's never tapped out. But it's very few and far between. This, this, I don't know if anyone else has ever done it two times like this that I can think of. Not that I can recall. And think about this, bro. This is the same guy that, like, just a couple months back refused to tap out in the middle of the ring to Suzuki and they had to do a ref stoppage. Yeah. Um, well, maybe he realizes that that wasn't the best thing and that's why he had to be on the shelf. Maybe, or maybe, like, this freaking hold is worse than anything Suzuki's ever put him in, and, like, he had no choice but to submit, because maybe he, he felt like he had hope back then, but he, like, Zack Sabre took the hope away from Tanahashi. Yeah. So, yeah, bro, like, they they literally just made this guy a star in, like, four matches. Yeah. In four matches, they put him through a murderer's row. And he defeated four of the top dudes in the yeah, entire company. You know, other promotions spend years and years trying to get <laughs> one guy over uh, <laughs> and and fail. And uh, here in New Japan, it all it took them was four matches, and they got a top heel. And the, they did it in a way to where no one else, no one that he beat, feels lowered. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're all fine, and this guy's established, and now they've got another player and more matches for him down the road and more matches for those guys down the road as well. This is why Gato's the best booker in the in in the world. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Um, he went through a murderer's row, and he beat them all. Clean. Clean. Bro, let's talk about that. Let's talk about guys in New Japan willing to do business. Yeah. Bro. These, you would think these guys would not want to put over a gaijin that's not full time and has a completely different style. Yeah. But no, these guys, they did business, created a new monster heel. How easy would it be for a guy like Ibushi or Tanahashi to be like, okay, like you're going over, I'll put you over, but there's got to be an interference, there's got to be a ref bump, you got to pull my tights. Right. No, bro. And I mean, there could have easily been that since he is Suzuki Goon and he's had uh, Taka out there every match. They could have easily had Taka interfere in these matches. Well, you know, that's why Zach hasn't been over up to this point. I mean, but prior to the uh, G1, all his victories had been like cheap wins because he had Taichi helping him like cheat basically. Yeah. And so that was what was hurting him. And it's like, dude, that whole thing is like a thing in the past. Like no one remembers that now. Like nobody remember remembers how badly they booked Zack Sabre Jr. a year ago. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like, dude, this guy's like a credible star and looks like a legit threat right. to Okada. Who, if you also think about it, he's been trying to get his uh, submission finishing hold over the entire tour. Yeah, the uh, billion yen dream, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the billion yen dream. He's <laughs> putting dudes to sleep out here, putting uh, freaking Chase the Tongan out. But, um, 
Bro, it's just, it's amazing that, like, these guys all could have had egos and said, can I do it? And they were like, no, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. They all, they, they were all like, yeah, I'll do it. And they did it. Clean as a whistle, bro. In the middle. They, they could have made him look bad, bro. Like, his style of wrestling isn't one to necessarily, like, if someone doesn't want to cooperate, like, he doesn't have to look great. I mean, it's already not everybody's cup. And they made him look like a million bucks. They made this dude look like a million bucks. Yeah. And now, and now they got a main event. Yeah, a new challenge for Okada. Okada has not defended against Sabre. Have they even had a one-on-one match before? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Yeah, first a fresh matchup um, for a world title scene. Did you see that uh, tweet that Showbuckle sent out? Um, he was like, modern New Japan today. He's like, uh, Okada wrestles someone, five-star match. Okada, the fans say, oh man, this man's unbeatable. They build up a new challenger a month later. Oh, my God. I think Okada will go away. <laughs> Rinse, repeat, redo it over and over and over again. And, like, that's not a bad thing, bro. Like, yeah, they they know how to book wrestling in it and make build matches that matter. Build matches, build stars. Yeah. So this was uh, – let's talk about the tournament. So, I mean, for, for you, what were your – who did you like? Who do you think were the breakout guys in this tournament? Who, and what what matches did you enjoy the most? Uh, breakout guys had to be obviously Zack Saber Jr. Obviously, he's number one. Yeah, he's number one. He like his his he had the ter- the performance of the tournament the whole every you know all all throughout. Uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, that's my number two. He had uh, great performances with Tana and uh, Big Mike and, and Yujiro Takahashi. Well, the Yujiro match was better yeah, than the, yeah. than the uh, Elgin match. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Kota Ibushi. Yep. He's always amazing. Um, when kind of, he had, I, I thought that him him and Zack Sabre Jr.'s match was incredible. Yeah. And then the Yoshihashi match, he, had a, he got a really good match out of Yoshihashi. Yeah, and then um, gotta go Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah, the ace. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, broke the streak of getting out in the first round of the New <laughs> Japan Cup. Yeah, and made it to the finals. Um, withstood. Um, who all did Tana face? He wrestled we like, Bad. Yeah, we went over Bad Luck Fale. Juice. Uh, Juice. Tai Chi. Uh, tai Chi. Yeah. So I mean. And Saber. Yeah. Weathered the storm. Got to the finals. So yeah, I mean, this was an excellent, excellent uh, tournament. I would say for me, still, Ishii Elgin is my match of the tournament. Oh yes, yes, Ishii Elgin match of the tournament. Like this, this that that's a match of the year contender. That's a five star match. Yeah. Like yeah. there are not enough people. Um, talking about this, and we've we've been talking about this like. Sometimes I wonder, like, do we just have weird wrestling taste because no one else rank, is rank like ranking it as high as we did? I don't. I mean, we we're normally at at this. We're kind, usually lower than everyone else. It seems like a lot of times. Yeah, we're like a, usually like a quarter star off, or maybe like even lower, like a yeah. half a star off. And we're re- I'm super high in that match. And I I don't. I've kind of contemplated going back to four three and qu- four and three quarters, but <laughs> even still, I mean, that match is Dude. Just incredible. That match was awesome. Like, jumped <laughs> out the couch multiple times, marked out, like, hard-hitting, like... I would say number two for me, uh, I think it was... Mm, mm, what match did you think was better? you think Juice and uh, Tanahashi was better, or did you like uh, Naito and, uh, and Ibushi? Or, I'm sorry, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Ibushi. Because, to me, that was the best Zack Sabre Jr. match. I think Sabre and Ibushi... And then what would you go, Elgin or Tanahashi and Juice after that? 
Yeah. Or one of the other Sabre matches. Uh, I think Tana and Juice, just because, like, the Naito match was very good, but, I mean, it was, like, 80-20. It's a whoop Naito's ass. Yeah. Yeah, that match was really good. So, yeah, I would say those are, like, my top matches of the tournament was, like, Elgany, Juice, and uh, Tanahashi, and then Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. I thought that was the best Zack Sabre Jr. match of the tournament. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, I mean, great tournament. So, we, we ended up with... Uh, uh, we got the official challenge. He's challenging Okada at Sakura Genesis. Okada made his way out. And then we got the battle of the uh, the hype men. Yeah. Ghetto versus Taka, yeah. So I'm assuming that going forward, we're going to get some sort of a road to show where we'll get a tag team match between these guys. Yeah, there is a road to show that will be airing uh, Friday, March 30th on New Japan World with English commentary, so I'm, I'm assuming there will either be maybe Ghetto and uh, Okada versus Taka and Saber, or maybe they just do like Ghetto versus Taka. I will say this: good for Taka, man. Like he's kind of been like drifting for a while in New Japan, and like he adds so much to the like whole package with Zack Saber Jr. So, you know, great stuff, great tournament. We got a big match coming up. I'm super excited. Um, Anything else we want to talk about the New Japan Pan Cup before we move on? No, I think that wraps it up. Yes. Um, now we're going to move on to Strong Style Evolves. Uh, so we're recording here on Monday. So that was last night for us. How, how, how about this? How about the computer just dropped off in the middle of one of our segments? You guys won't be able to tell because uh, <laughs> Buddy here is one of the like best <laughs> editors out there. So you won't even be able to tell. But like literally, we were... We were stressing, bro. Like, yeah, we thought we we lost uh, forty five minutes of audio. Yo, I was like, yo, we're gonna have to record tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're gonna have to put this thing out late. I I love the listeners, but man, like this is I'm I'm too despondent. I put too much energy. Yeah, I put my whole soul into that thing. We got hype, but um, and it's gone forever. But, but yeah, it's back. Yeah, luckily, luckily thank you. Thank uh, God. Shout out to Adobe Audition for having <laughs> uh, crash recovery and uh, recovering the audio. Yeah, bro. That was scary. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, Strong Style Evolve. Yeah. So, that was last night for us. Sunday, we watched it live. We watched on, a New Japan show freaking live. On Access TV. Bro, uh, I haven't watched it. The last time I watched a New Japan show live was G1 Special last year. Same here. And before that was the Wrestle Kingdom before that. I've never watched... Uh, I, I'll never do it again. ...a Japanese show it's, live. It's too hard, bro. It's too um, hard. So, yeah. Strong Style Evolved. And um, you may have heard, if you listen to One Nation Live, um, it was advertised that uh, James Boyd was supposed to join us, but... Uh, apparently the the card was not uh, strong enough to it wasn't up to his uh, level to his level uh, you know James Boar he's a top talent <laughs> uh, big draw here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network yeah, and uh, uh, he uh, only shows up for the big card so uh, James has told me that he wants to join us for the Sakura Genesis review we'll see we'll see if we can pencil him in I mean this show is pretty busy our schedules are crazy I just I don't know if the show's got space for him we'll have to see we'll make a judgment call James if you're listening I know you're not not yeah <laughs> then uh, we'll you know wait for my people to call you don't call us yeah well yeah we'll send over the contract you take a look over it no but uh yeah so strong style involved 
Walter Pyramid, Long Beach, California. Awesome, awesome location. Awesome production value. Oh my gosh, like... It was it, incredible. Probably one of the like cleanest, crisp... No, it was the cleanest and most crisp video show, presentation yeah. I've ever seen for a wrestling. I mean, we watch New Japan on, on New Japan World, but it only shows up in 720, so you never actually see it in real HD, which is fine, but dude... Like, this was cleaner than anything on the Access shows. This is cleaner than any WWE-produced they, show they, I've ever seen. They dropped some money on this. I don't know why it was so much better. I literally don't know why. It was like it was like cinematography, like, at its yeah. finest. Like, yeah. I, the, I li- mean, the lighting was incredible. Yeah, and, like, we mentioned, we I don't know. I mean, Maybe it was Rich at the, when we were watching it. Like, they shot this, like, a sports event. Like, I... I'm still waiting for them to get the new Japan crew out there, not the access people, because you can still tell with the presentation. It's it's better. It's definitely better than WWE and like Ring of Honor and, and you know Impact and all that. Like like it wasn't shot like a like an action movie. It was shot like a sports contest, but it still was not up to. It's not what I'm used to when I watch New Japan. Yeah. Um. So first matchup of the night, a six man tag. Rocky Romero teaming up with uh, Show and Yo Rapungi 3K taking on SoCal Uncensored. That is uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, former Ring of Honor six man. Uh, no, actually, the new Ring of Honor six man tag champs. They're the current champions. Yeah, they're the current champions. Um, I just they didn't come up with the belts. That's why I got confused there. I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't come out of this show with the belts. I don't know. They got jobs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't have your champion show up with the belts and, and do and do the favor. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this was a very um, good opening match. A lot of energy. The crowd. Rapungi 3K was over huge. I mean, all six of these guys are pretty this over. This is a great crowd too, by the way. This yeah. crowd was. Um, I was actually listening to another show. Uh, some guys that were at uh, Walter Pyramid, and they were saying that that like for the first like show that a lot of the seats were empty or like the first matches the cup like first four yeah and they were wondering if like maybe just the tickets they didn't actually have a sellout maybe they just like sold a bunch on the secondary market and then people didn't buy them you know and maybe it was a false number but then they said by the time that uh like the fourth match was there every single seat was filled and they said do you know what they thought really was the reason that people weren't weren't at their seats why the merch lines were so long oh yeah yeah the yeah. merch lines were so long that people missed like half the show just trying to buy like a t-shirt bro that's crazy no that's r- retarded <laughs> that is retarded that's why that's why y'all marks and i ain't a mark like i'm not i'm not spending money to watch these dudes come into america for the, like the second time ever and then stand in a line to get a t-shirt that I can buy on ProWrestlingTees.com. Or the New Japan store. What the heck? I, whatever. Anyways, I'm not trying to criticize. I get it. Whatever. But I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, this match was kind of sloppy if you remember back. Like there was, uh, there was quite a few botches and it looked like Frankie Kazarian hurt his knee. Yeah. He tweaked his knee and you can just tell he was trying so hard to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which that... If, if it's a serious injury, that puts the um, six-man title match at Supercard of Honor. They haven't said anything since last yeah. night, so I'm assuming he's probably okay. Yeah. Maybe he just, like, uh, sprained it or something or hyperextended it. But this uh, this was a frantic match. Uh, it might have been a little bit too fast-paced. Yeah. But, um, like, because, I don't know, maybe they were just being rushed for time. 
Yeah, maybe, yeah, they were going over their time. I mean, the match went 11 minutes. There was a lot of spots where you felt, I felt like there was, like, key moves that they should be hitting that they kind of missed, but it still wasn't a bad match at all. Um, but, I mean, I thought it was something, it's noteworthy. I mean, the the Ring of Honor trios champions, like, lost clean to Rapongi 3K, which did make sense in the context that, like, you know, Show and Yo got a title match coming up next week. So, I mean, right. they can't be doing, out here doing jobs. Doing jobs. Yeah. So these American boys. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it, but I know Rocky Romero and Scorpio Sky had a match the day before in the dojo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, like, I could be wrong, but I, I bet you almost anything Scorpio Sky went over. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Scorpio Sky, listeners, I want to know if you agree with me and Josh on this. Take a look at Scorpio Sky's face and tell me if you don't think he looks like Jinder Mahal. Yo, I didn't want to say anything when I first noticed it. I was sitting there with like with uh, Jeremy, and I didn't want to like be racist or anything because obviously Scorpio Sky is an African American. But I was like, Yo, d- have you ever noticed that Scorpio Sky kind of looks like? It? And then Jeremy's like, Jinder. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Yes. <laughs> I mean, way more talented. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like extreme. It has nothing to do with his in-ring persona or his promos or whatever. Just the facial features. He's black gender. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, this was a really good match to open up. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much it. Did you notice when uh, at the end of that match when Barnett told them that they all needed to get out of the ring? Yeah. Did you hear that? That was yeah. that was a weird call. Yeah. Speaking of which, we had Josh Barnett and Jim Ross on this night. Um, man. They weren't as bad as last year. They weren't as bad as last year, but still, man, like, we needed Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, it's funny when they don't know the product. So, like, they don't even know, like, some of the names of finishing moves. Granted, we don't know everything either, but there's some that are, like, Right, but, I mean, there are, like, big... We know all the names of the big moves. We know... We know in a tag match... There's pretty, mm-hmm. there's no rules. Like they do whatever, and like every tag match, there I was like, oh, I don't know what the rules are here. Like, dude, it's New Japan. It's a tag match. That was something I picked up on. So we were watching it last night, and I said, you know, um, Jim Ross doesn't know. Like, oh yeah, because he didn't know like the the like. He didn't know the tendencies of New Japan tag matches. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't cover them. Because right. on Axis, on Axis, he's just covering the big matches. The big one-on-one matches, yeah. So he's like, these this tag match is out of control. So I'm not going to get in the, uh, you know. But he's not doing it in the way that, like, Don Callis is, where he's like, damn it. <laughs> damn it, Tiger. Jesus. Jesus. Tiger, a tart. <laughs> get, get things in control. But, like. Like Jim Ross is actually bewildered. Like he's yeah. like, "What is going on? <laughs> I don't understand this match." It's oh, like, yeah, because he doesn't cover tag matches on Axis. I bet, like, yeah. hardly at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of moves were missed. Just a lot of other key aspects. Yeah, um, like uh, we'll get to. It. Yeah, but I felt like they were more just non-entities than anything else. Like last year, I felt like they were shoehorning themselves in and saying a lot of like ridiculous things that were just too much and this time like they were there but I could barely hear them it was almost I don't know if you noticed but the mic seemed really hot for the ring and yeah. you could hear the performers more yeah. in the crowd than almost more so the music and yeah, the like announcers towards the beginning of the show you had the audio for the, uh, for the definitely the entrances were was really low yeah, yeah. so I mean they were fine they were fine it wasn't the end of the world but it, it definitely wasn't JR good. and Josh Burnett are fine they're fine Cody voice but, uh, yeah, so let's go to the second match. We got uh, Dave Finley and Juice Robinson against Goto and Gato. What were your thoughts there? 
yeah, interesting uh, team of the Goto and Ghetto. Um, you really don't see that combination much, but obviously you know that this was going to be more of a buildup for the uh, potential Juice and um, Goto match. Don't know when exactly that's going to happen, but I mean, this was an okay match. I mean, nothing special. Well, there was something special. There's something that was out of this world that happened in this match, Jeremy. Uh, David Finley <laughs> getting the win. Or- Dave Finley got a clean pinfall. That's like two in a week, bro. Over like established guys. I mean, not top stars, but I mean, you yeah. got to start somewhere. I mean, he won. <laughs> Dave Finley won the match. He got the pinfall victory. Not Juice. Not Goto. Finley. And I think I know why they're doing this now, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, but. so yeah, he hit a ghetto with the stunner. Yep, I don't Seven. like, I hate guys using the stunner. Yeah. I'm done with dudes using the stunner and using the ace crusher. Like, freaking get a new finisher. I don't even think, like... Well, the problem is, uh, like, with the... Sometimes, yeah, with the stunner and the cutter, like, some guys don't even, are not even pinning people with them. Yeah. A lot of guys are starting they're to turn using, into like using, a transition Yeah, move. transition move. I'm like, dude, it's a freaking cutter, man. Like, The thing is, like, the only guy that I pop for that uses the stunner nowadays is, like, the Mac from uh, Luch Underground. Yeah, Willie Mac. Yeah, Willie Mac. And even when Willie Mac does it, it's like a parody, but it still barely wins in matches. So. Right. He, it's, a, it's one of those things where, a, I, like, I think, like, one guy did it the best and nobody's going to be able to do it. Like, I don't like the Oz cutter. I don't like a lot of the cravat, like... Uh, I mean, I love... Lethal Injection? Yeah, well, I like the Lethal Injection, but that's a little different. But, yeah, for most of the most cutters, I don't, I'm don't. i not a big fan of. I don't know. It doesn't even look like a move that hurts at all. And that's because it really doesn't at all. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's not that visually appealing to me. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. RKOs out of nowhere pop me RKOs every time. RKOs out of nowhere are great, but, like, anyone else doing an RKO looks stupid to me. Yeah. Like... You're going to use an RKO? Like, that's Randy Orton's move. Like, there's some guys that just use a move that, like, you're not going to be able to get over Yeah. using their move. And if you do, you're going to have to use a transition move. So, I don't know. It's whatever. Like, I think Dave Finley, Dave Finley using the stunner is stupid. Why is Dave Finley using the stunner? Yeah. Dave would, Finley needs a better move. You would think he'd use, uh, what's the move that Finley, his daddy used to use the, uh, the air raid siren crash thing. I don't remember that. Yeah. I forgot what that even was. Yeah, it's like an emerald fusion kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He says he'd pick him up. It was like the white noise? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Like the white noise. Yeah, the white yeah, noise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I don't know. I just feel like Dave Finley needs to do something original. Like, whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, just fantasy booking Dave Finley. Like, you know what Dave Finley needs to do? He needs to find himself um, a leprechaun. Oh, my God. And, um, you know, say he likes to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, you know, we got this this little match. We move on. We were watching this with uh, Rich, and he was like, he was like, my God, come to America. And they're at a Cork and Hall show. He's like, they need to come to America correct if they're going to do a show this hard. <laughs> and I was like, bro, it's like, it's openers. Like, these matches are fine. Like, right. This is not SummerSlam. And later we learned, we kind of learned why the show was the way it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so up next we had Chucky e. T, um, Toriano versus Ki- uh, Killer Elite Squad. Um, during the airing of this match, we had our own match with uh, both of our Uber Eats drivers. 
do I need to tell people about how much I feel kind of bad about that but like yeah I was a douche to the no but that dude pissed me so we just moved into this new complex right and when you put in your GP when you put in for Uber Eats and you put in your address they don't use like a real GPS they use the Uber Eats GPS yeah so it brought them to our front gate well, apparently both of our drivers didn't want to drive from the front gate and were like basically like, oh, well, I don't even know where my driver was. Oh, you don't know? No, like my the, my original driver is like she just like gave up and left. My dude was like, "I'm here." And I was like, "No, I'm outside. Where are you?" And I was like, "I'm at house number da 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 on street da da da." And he was like, "Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm here. You're not here." And I was like, "Dude, I'm outside. This is the only street. It's a small street. You're not here. What are you driving? He didn't want to answer me. I was like, what are you driving? He like told me it was a Dodge Caliber. Yeah. And I was like, bro, just take the road. It's not a big complex. There's only so many. There's literally, he's like, he's like, I'm looking at house numbers, such and such, and, and you're not there. And I was like, okay, you could be on a totally different road and have the same house number. Like, right. What does that mean? And um, he was like, just come to the front gate. I was like, dude, I'm not coming to the front gate. You're like, the Uber driver. Yeah, you're supposed to come to me. I was like, the gate's open. Come here. And he wouldn't come there. So then, like, it got to the point where I had to go there. So I got there, and he got out of his car, and he tried to hand me my food. And I said, bro, get in your car. Look at every sign that I point at. You tell me what you see. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, get in your car. And I, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I I made him follow me, and I pulled up pulled up to a street sign, and I, I pointed at it like it was the freaking WrestleMania <laughs> sign. <laughs> Like I was going to, like I'm going to the show of shows, yeah. and I was like, "What does that sign say? Does that say Diodora?" <laughs> and like we drove, I was like, "Does that say Diodora?" <laughs> we drove, I was like, "Does that say Diodora?" <laughs> and I was like, "You gotta be freaking kidding me!" And then we pulled up, and I was like, "That's the only sign that says Diodora." And like I don't even know, Jer- I was heated. Jeremy was like, was, "Well, I was trying to find my lady." She's like, "It's the same thing." She was like, "Yeah, I'm here." I'm like, no, you're not. I'm outside 5704. You are not here. I had no idea. I don't even know if she was at the front gate or not. Like, she wouldn't say where she Yo, was. She just flagged. Yeah, she, she flagged. T- she took your food. Yeah, so I had to reorder my food. <laughs> I put in specific instructions, and luckily, I was finally able to get my freaking food at, at towards the end of the show. So, my guy follows me, and he's pissed that I didn't take the food and just drive away, that I, like, kind of embarrassed him. Right. And then I was like, bro... Next time you come to this complex, I was like, you look for the street sign. Don't say you're on the street if you're not on the street. And he's like, I was on the street. And I was like, that's the street right there. That's the street. And he's like, I was here. I was there. And I was like, bro, just give me my food. And I was like, this is BS. He's like, this is BS. And I was like, I was like, bro, you're a terrible Uber driver. And I like went upstairs and he was like cussing or something. Yeah, yeah. He like drove off cussing. I never leave bad reviews. I left him a terrible review. On Minus Twitter. five stars. I gave him one star. I never, <laughs> bro, I don't rate anything or do anything like that. I am I always tip people. I didn't tip him. I left him a bad review. I felt bad a little bit, but dude, he lived, it was like he was being so difficult and I missed the first half of this match until I had to go back and rewatch it tonight. Because yeah, we, yeah, we rewatched this match before recording. Thanks to uh, Uber Eats making us miss this, but uh, so yeah, we were able to rewatch this. Yeah, you got me heated, bro. I was I was cutting a promo on him and everything. Yeah, young boy's about, about to drop that man by shoot. But okay, so uh, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was kind of just like I mean, it's every K- Killer Elite Squad match that you've seen with Yano, except in America where Yano's like a god. Oh my gosh, he was <laughs> super over. 
And uh, Chuck E.T. is super over, too. So, like, this was like a dream tag team for the fans. The spot I loved in this match was um, Yano acting like he's going to go for a dive. And instead of going, he runs full speed and then, like, quickly turns to the turnbuckle to, like, (laughs) undo the turnbuckle pad. Oh, my God, that popped me. I I just appreciated, like, for how many people don't like Toru Yano, that that entire crowd validated him like that american crowd was he was so over with the american crowd right. like it was i love toriano i mean get me wrong i love my serious like hearting wrestling but it's good to have like one character that's kind of a goof and like just goes out there and it's like completely ridiculous yeah so this was but again um killer elite squad they're on a tear right now so this was another match that was establishing their run towards the tag titles. We don't know when that's coming, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a really good athletic match. These guys, you know, Toriano and Chucky e. T got in all their their stuff, their mm-hmm. hope spots. Uh, Lance Archer and they made Lance Archer and David Boy look dominant and really good. And uh, very, I mean, at, up to this point in the night, this is the best match in the card so far. The third match in, so really good match. Uh, Killer Bomb on Chucky e. T. Um, and then that's it. One, two, three. And yeah. Killer Elite Squad is moving on. Then uh, next match, we had the Ballad of Battle of Bullet Club. We had Cody and Marty Skrull with Brandy Rose taking on the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, Tangaloa. Um, How about that Cody promo? Yeah, he cut a promo at the beginning of the match saying that, you know, Bullet Club is fine. Dude. This match the is... The heat. This match is pointless. Like, we're Bullet Club. Like, why are we fighting? Like No, this- no, no. The heat that that guy got as soon as him and Marty... When Marty would, like, open his arms, yay! And then, and then Cody, boo! I mean, like, Mid-South heat, bro. Like, yeah. this guy is hated. And it's crazy because, like, in Ring of Honor, for the most part, he gets majority chairs in Ring of Honor. But here, man, it was all heat. Yeah, super, 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 super heat. Um, yeah, I, I really dug his promo. I, I'm, bro, I'm enjoying Cody Rhodes' character work so much right now. This guy is the be- one of the best heels in the company, like, not just the company, but in wrestling. Yeah. Like, top to bottom. He's doing some of the best, like, heel promo work out there. Right, and so he was saying that this match would not happen. You know, he was trying to, you know, kiss up to Tamatonga, called him, you know, Bullet Club OG and... Three-time tag champs. Yeah. These are the guys that made the Bullet Club cool to begin with. Superstars like me made it popular. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, Tangaloa... They got a bunch of F.U. Cody chants. Yeah. Tangaloa grabbed the mic and said... Wait, wait, wait. He told them, he said... And these guys are definitely Team Cody. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, so Tangaloa grabs Mike and says... I was pissed about that. I don't know. I've still been... I thought about it on my ride home from work today. Why didn't Tama grab the mic? Because he tried to hand the mic to Tama. Yeah. And and Tangaloa grabbed it instead. Very interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, Lois, like, this match is going to happen, and we are not team Cody. Yeah, he said, um, if we're anybody's team, we're not team Yeah, he's Cody. like, if we're even on somebody's team, it's definitely not team Cody. And I was like, oh, snap. And then, um, yeah, I mean, the part, the, the part that I really, really, really liked was when 
Tamatanga and, and Cody just started running it because I've been waiting yeah. for that to pop off for so long, and I was like, dude, we all popped off. Like, <laughs> we're jumping. We're like, we're like, whoop his ass, whoop his ass, Tama. Yeah, go Tama. <laughs> we wanted Tama to, to kill Cody so bad. Like I'm kind of like, I'd be I'd be down for that match, like a singles match between them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, this this match was good. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was you know. It's an all right tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been better, but for what it was, it was fine, and it uh, progressed this whole um, inner warfare bullet club storyline. Um, was I guess not really that surprised, but it's is interesting that Cody and Skrull got the win here. I don't think it's it, that it, surprising. It's not that surprising. They got big matches, coming right? Up. Cody and Kenny. Are coming up and T- Tama and uh, Tangaloa. Even though some people like want to say like, "Oh, Tama's like the unofficial like Tongan leader." Yeah, he's he's a tag team guy. Yeah, I I wish he would take a more prominent role and become a singles guy, but he's not right now. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, obviously having Cody go over was probably the right call. But you thought you thought Marty could take the Falcons Junior? Yeah, and it, it's God or more established team they've teamed more than cody and squirrel have that's true i just um oh yeah you call them the silver lovers yeah cody and uh cody and uh squirrel <laughs> so uh silver lovers yeah yeah yeah. because he kissed uh he made he made uh cody kiss him on the cheek and you're like what are these guys the silver lovers <laughs> yeah that's pretty that popped me but anyways um one thing i noticed bro the camera work this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, even though it looked really good, they missed a lot of spots. In this yeah, match. they did in the the first and second match too. So like, that was one thing that was. Yeah, in me. the first match, they missed the uh, best Meltzer ever. They missed it entirely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, we'll get to it later. But there's a really important part in the main event. They missed big time. Like, yeah, I had to watch. I had to watch a fan cam to figure out what happened. Anyways, um, Marty and uh, Cody, you know, do all the little like cheap heat stuff that they can you know and eventually uh you know the the girls of destiny were pretty much firmly in control so it wasn't like they they were getting beat bad it's just it was a timing issue they kind of got a a chance to isolate one of the guys away and uh cody ended up like hitting the crossroads on tangaloa and and that was pretty much it got the one two three so that brought us to the next match of the night which i was extremely excited for uh taguchi japan uh, so we got Taguchi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kushida, and Dragon Lee taking on LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, Sonata, and Hiromu Takahashi, which anytime you get Takahashi and Dragon Lee in the ring together, I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean. Oh, and we, we got Naito with the cape. Yeah, Naito came out with this, the white suit and the cape, but uh, he still wrestled in the t-shirt. I didn't think it was as good as Taguchi's outfit, though. He came out with the in-and-out cap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, this this match started off, like, great. Um, you know. And, man, poor Kushida, man. This was his first, like, big match since, like, Wrestle Kingdom. That guy has, like, done nothing this year. It's, it's the junior division. That's what they do, though. You know, they yeah. cool guys down. They'll heat them up later in the year, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Best of the Super Juniors is coming up soon. Yeah. I mean, but still, as great as freaking Kushida is, like, you would think he'd be in more prominent matches. 
I mean, there's only so many single spots for juniors, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess he could be in a junior tag, but I'm not sure with who necessarily. Right. Maybe Taguchi, I suppose. Although I'm like wondering if Taguchi's even still a junior at this point. Yeah, get the scale out for that boy. I'm not feeling bad about, about Kushida at all. And we got to see Kushida and Takahashi run it back, which is always great. I liked this match a lot. A lot. Yeah, this was a really good match. We, we uh, got like everybody got their stuff in. Um, just really, really, really fun. It was easily the best thing on the show up to this point. Um, we got like Takahashi doing his stuff, Kushida, Dragon Lee doing flips. We got the awesome strike battles between Takahashi and Dragon Lee. Yeah. Um, you know, Bushi doing his. Oh, they didn't know. They didn't know what the Bushi Rooney was. Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't call, call it Bushi Rooney. Um, I mean, there was an MX. They didn't, they didn't call. call it. They didn't know what to call it. Yeah, oh, man. Because they don't watch. Because he's a he's a lower card guy. They don't know what to call his stuff. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I actually was wondering if they knew his name for like half the match because they. I think I felt like Jim Ross kept forgetting it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, go figure. Uh, Taguchi gets isolated, and Naito hits him with the Destino, and that was pretty much it. I mean, this was your standard, you know, really, really high quality fun, you know, New Japan, you know, eight man tag. Yeah. I was really hoping for uh, Jericho to jump out on Naito. Yeah, yeah. So we waited for that. So we were like just hoping and praying. And then they did the awesome, you know, uh, LIJ pose that they do where they all like hit the ropes and take their poses. Those guys know how to do a photo op if if I've ever seen one. They know they got their poses down. It's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, and then the screen went black and then Jericho never came out. We're like freaking A. Like, (laughs) I don't even think this is how. Oh, do do you remember earlier in the uh, show when uh, Davy Boy had, I think it was Chucky T in the walls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, in Elevated Boston. Elevated Boston. And Jim Ross is like, oh, this is very reminiscent of the walls of Jericho. Chris Jericho, many of you fans are familiar with. He's like, not sure if I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) And I was like, why? Why aren't you allowed to say it? Dang, maybe he's really done, dude. Like, I hope he's not, but that's nah, man, they're working. They're working us, man. You think so? Yeah, man. Jericho's working us. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, up next we had Rey Mysterio. Yeah, so Mysterio came out and uh, cut a promo, kind of apologizing to the fans that he would not be able to compete. Torres. Yeah, bice. just last week we didn't even know if he was going to compete or not. Like, right. We were still speculating yeah. on the show. Yeah, he tore his bicep. And um, but he said that he will wrestle in a new ring again. It's on his bucket list. And he said, you know, the match with Liger happened in '96. Why can't it happen again? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. So Ray takes a seat at ringside, and we get out the cha- the junior champion Will Ospreay, and you know the all time junior legend Jushin Thunder Liger. And this was uh very good, you know. Um, it was about as good a match as you can expect from Jushin Thunder Liger and Will Ospreay. Uh, it is amazing to think, like, Jushin Thunder Liger's in his 50s right now. Dude, that man's, what, 53? Yeah. And he's out here, like, bumping and flipping around and having, like, a great match right now. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, like, Osprey is not... I mean, Osprey is on a higher level probably at this point than Ray is as far as, like, in-ring work is. I don't know if he's like 96 Ray level, but you know, he's one of the best workers in the world right now. And I think he's probably on a higher level than Ray is, but, um, 
I just I really wanted I was disappointed. I really, really, really wanted to see Rey Mysterio versus Jason Thunder Liger on this card. Yeah. So I mean this was a fine replacement. We just found out about the replacement. We didn't even have time to record a show to to like let people know like, hey, this is what got I'm sure most of our listeners probably knew, but still like this all happened in a span of a week. Like this yeah. came from out of nowhere. Well, I mean, this whole strong style evolved card like came out like literally the last minute. Like I liked that Liger got a lot of offense in though. Like he was hitting shots. What about the brain busters? He hit a, oh yeah, his, his brain busters were awesome. Dude, he hit a brain buster, one in the ring. He hit one on the ramp and like on the yeah. the concrete, which led to a eighteen second. Um, one of the only guys that does the brain buster better than him is like. Aries, but other than that, I've always thought Liger has one of the best brain busters yeah. in the business, and maybe arguably the best one still to this day. It's crazy. Um, oh yeah, he hit a super brain buster from the from top the top. Row. Yes, oh my gosh! And we, if he would have covered quicker, that would have been it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Liger basically looked for the Chote. Osprey cut it, countered it into a hook kick. Um. We got a running Chote after that, and then. Liger fired up. Osprey countered the Shote into a powerbomb. And then Osprey laid in kicks, hit the Oz cutter, and put him away. One, two, three. Super clean. Right. Then we got a post-match angle. Well, well Osprey cut a Osprey promo. Osprey cut that promo. And yeah. how about how about Osprey's promo? Yeah. That was like the best Osprey promo I've ever heard. He was fired up. Dude, his I, I think he did a better job live in the ring at cutting a live promo than he does those script Like, not scripted, but like the... Oh. Those the press like, conferences, yeah. he always seems very, like, uh, awkward and kind of out of place and, like, not sure quite what to say. But in this case, he was, like, fired up. and he, I mean, he cut a really emotional promo. He challenged Rey Mysterio to a uh, – he didn't say it was a title match, but he held the belt out. Right. And it seemed like he was challenging him for a title shot. And I was like, heck yeah, like, let's run it. Like – and let's give let's give Rey Mysterio this belated IWGP title run. Like I'm mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> yep. And then we had um, the villain Marty Skrull came out, blasted uh, Osprey with a uh, with the umbrella. Yeah. Ray tries to come in, make the save. But then Skrull pulled Mysterio's mask off. Yeah. And then uh, that was pretty crazy. And then Liger and them uh, kind of like run Marty off. Marty gives everybody the finger. He runs out. And uh, they they recover Ray's mask, and I kind of don't did I was a little bit confused at the end of this. I'm not gonna lie because I was like, okay, before the match they teased you know Ray versus uh, Liger, then the match is over, then they tease Ray versus Osprey, and then Marty comes in and then like beats up everybody and uh, humiliates Ray. It's like to me, I maybe I'm wrong. It seems like they're trying to set up for a four way. I don't know. I don't think they're personally. I don't think they're setting up for a four way. I think they're setting up multiple one on one matches. I don't see Rey Mysterio having multiple one on one matches in New Japan anytime soon. Hey, he's going. To, he's going to WWE. Well, he says he wants to wrestle a new a New Japan. Yeah, raid. like a one off. Like he's like just like Chris Jericho. He wants that Jericho money, and he's out of there. Yeah, and, I don't uh, see him wrestling multiple matches. And um, I'm, was it before this match or after this match they made the announcement about uh, July 7th? They hadn't made it yet. Okay. Yeah. So that's still coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. That's that, that's the match after this one, actually. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, essentially, that's what I think. I think, uh, well, we're definitely getting the Marty Skrull versus Osprey match. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a given. Like, that's going to be the next title shot, it seems like, which is me. I'm ready for the villain to get his belt back. 
<laughs> Somebody like I just I'm I like Osprey as a performer, but I'm not an actual fan of his character. Yeah. So I get the title off him. Let's get out of here. Well, well, Marty's getting ready to win win that Ring of Honor World Title. Yeah. Well, he was already double champion last year when he was the TV and Junior. Well, he was yeah, and he was the What Culture champion too. Yeah. So yeah, so good. That's what's going on with the juniors. Uh, good match. And then that led us to our tag team special, uh, Kazushiko Okada and Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Yes, so Chaos versus Suzuki Gun here. Um, this is one thing that was teased in the New Japan Cup tour was Okada versus Suzuki champion versus champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so this match continued that. And then plus and then also... still do that at some point. Yeah, also Sabre, obviously he's getting a title shot um, next week at Sakura Genesis, so they wanted to get those guys in the ring together. And he's going to be defending the Rev Pro title against Ishii WrestleMania weekend at Rev Pro. In the main event, we will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So several different matches interweaving, and then you just got Ishii and Suzuki, and they're just madmen. So uh, really awesome. And, like, let's talk about this match. You know, take us through it. Yeah, so I mean... A lot of um, strike, uh, crazy strike exchanges with Ishii and uh, Suzuki. Um, we started to see how Saber and Okada interact, and Okada or Saber was, you know, starting to work. Saber was working Okada. Bro. Yeah, working in those holes. He's working Okada like he worked everybody that there's been. It's, so far. It seemed like Saber had a lot of counters for a lot of Okada's um, signature moves. Mm-hmm. So he kind of already has Okada figured out. Um, he's studying, brother. He's studying yeah, the tape. Well, yep, yep. He's he's watching his New Japan World. I I really liked his counter for the Rainmaker. Uh, it was into like an octopus hold. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought this match was really great. This was the second best match of the card. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Um, the one thing I kind of wish would have happened. So, uh, so Saber, he ended up he tapped out Ishii. I kind of wish he would have tapped out Okada. Yeah, I mean that would have been we we actually kind of thought maybe that would happen, um, but I think if he taps out Okada. It's not that this is WWE, but it's like if he taps out Okada, I would almost not believe that he would beat him. But the way it stands, I still think not that I think he's gonna beat Okada, but uh, right. I, there's more like question to it. But it's like if he gets the win, that fifty fifty booking mentality comes yeah. in, and like it's like all right, well Okada's definitely gonna right get right it now. But this match was really, really, really good. Uh, Zach was able to figure out the counters for the Cobra Clutch every single time that Okada tried to lock it on. So that was something where, like, you know, Zach pretty much had Okada's number in this whole match. Okada really didn't do much. It was, bro, Ishii took, yeah, did everything. It was Ishii, yeah, because, I mean, Sabre was just tying that man up. Suzuki was beating the crap out of him. Dude, I... They, I, were, they were killing each other. I was actually... The thing I was hoping for, you were hoping that... Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. would win? Yeah. I was hoping that... Ishi- well, I was hoping he'd tap out Okada. I was hoping that Ishii would just piss off, like, uh, Suzuki enough to, like, warrant a title shot. Because I'm, I'm like, push Ishii. Push him. Dude, please. I would kill to see Ishii. That match would Suzuki, be freaking awesome. I see title match. I think they had a match back in, like, 2013, uh, but it's been a long time. Yeah, then they need to run it again. 
yeah, it, it was a good match too. But um, yeah, Zach cut off Ishii, locked on the armbar, um, and then yeah, Suzuki was choking out Okada, and he got that orienting with Napalm Death, which apparently is like his finisher in New Japan now. I guess so. Yeah. So he like he has other moves, but that's like that's his new his new deal. So yeah. That this was something to set up, you know, future matches and uh, the Ishii and Suzuki stuff was just that's what really brought this match to the next level, though the hard hitting violence between those two guys. Yeah, dude, I need it. I need to book that match, please, bro, somebody. Bro, all four of these guys have been on fire this year. Yeah, like all year, like these are like four of the best guys in the company right now. So yeah, really, really, really good. Oh, and then Zach uh, ended up putting the octopus hold on Okada at the end of the match and posing, and then uh, Suzuki attacked the ref. And then, uh, yeah, then they kind of left. So that's, that's leading us into Sakura Genesis. And then right, as soon as this was over, we got the big announcement. Right. So New Japan, as we speculated from the rumors, will be coming back to the United States July 7th at the Cow Palace. The G1 Special. Special in the USA is back. The G1 Special in the USA returns to the Cow Palace uh, mind you, a 14,000-seat capacity arena in San Francisco. One of the most legendary wrestling venues yeah. in history. This is this is going to be the test. It's not going to be a test, bro. They're selling out. They're going to they're going to they're going to break that record before All In does. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if Young Bucks and Cody will be even be on that show. I don't know. They'll be fine though. They're going to make so much money at All In. Like they'll be matter. fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, dude, we it. We didn't know like how serious it, we already made the announcement. So it's like now I'm like, dang, do I need to get some time off in July? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the thing here, that announcement kind of makes you realize why this card probably wasn't as strong as it could have been. Yeah. Because they knew they were coming back for the G1 special. The thing is, they sold the card out. We've talked about it before, right. too. Like, they sold out. They could have done whatever they wanted to. Yeah, and it's and it's not like they gave us a bad show. It's like, dude, people that are fan Like, okay, so we were with Rich, and, like, he was like, yo, they need to come harder than this. If you're going to come to, you know, you know, America, you got to come correct. It's like, dude, you want them to book the G... You want them to book, like, freaking Wrestle Kingdom in, in North America? Right. This is not Wrestle Kingdom. This is... You know, Strong Style Evolved. It's a New Japan show. This is the authentic New Japan product as it is. It's like, and I remember watching it and like, I was like, well, this is better than anything I watch on WWE. And Rich was like, no, no, <laughs> this wasn't better than Royal Rumble. And I was like, yeah, Royal Rumble is like, that's a pay per view. It's like the best pay per view they've had in like two or three years. Like, it's, seriously. Yeah. Like one of them. Like, they've been pretty bad. Like, this was better than Raw. Yeah, apples to apples, it's like just across the board as a show. Even if you're like, oh, well, WWE has three three star shows, you know, three star matches on their shows, and this one did too. It's like, yeah, but I'd much rather watch these three three star matches yeah. in conjunction as an overall show. This is just a better show. I didn't have to sit through like eight hours of anyone talking. I didn't have to see anyone get stretched out. And you didn't bull- have to see like ten thousand camera cuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this. This was a great wrestling show, and I mean, it was a really easy watch. Nothing was like went too long or was was terrible. And then that tag match was awesome, and then that led us into uh, 
you know, the United States heavyweight championship match between Jay White and Hangman Page, which yeah. was a, a big test for both guys. Yeah, the semi-main event here. Um, How about the, that? The uh, press, conference. press conference. Yeah, they had the press conference the day before at the uh, New Japan Dojo. Um, both men had fire promos. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know, go find it on YouTube. Those both men cut really good promos on each other. Yeah, their promos were were really, really, really good. Um, so this match, while it was very good, it was not great. That right. was that's my feeling anyway. Right. Um, personally, I think I was at like. Uh, 3.75 I think 3.5 yeah like 3.5 yeah uh, but it was good it was still really good I mean um, for everyone that criticizes Jay White you know and say oh he's lowering the standard in New Japan and everything like that it's like well okay I see what you're saying and maybe there is something to that and I'm not going to sit here and, and claim he is Kenny Omega just yet but at the same time He's the most compelling character in in New Japan right now, or at least one of them. He's one of the most interesting things that's happening in New Japan. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I'm not like, yeah, like star star quality matters, match quality matters, but it's not like this guy is a, a terrible wrestler either. He's a great wrestler, a yeah, really really a great really, wrestler. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. And I like his matches. I like his match. I like him as a wrestler. I mean, personally, I think he would he would work better as a babyface. Um, yeah, I agree. It's this switchblade heel character is kind of a um, you know weird thing, but it reminds me of Seth Rollins working heel. Yeah, it's it's just, it's weird. Like I didn't think Seth Rollins was great working heel. He's much better babyface. Right. I mean, especially on the Rollins situation, we've seen his spectacular offense. Like, why would you stop him from doing? Yeah, but his character work's been been excellent. And then, you know, this is the first time that we've really... I, I think when, when I was thinking back, I don't think we've really seen a singles match from Hangman Page in New Japan since uh, the G1 special last year. So yeah, he, he, does, he does wrestle singles like in Ring of Honor, but he's a preliminary guy. This is probably the biggest match of his career up to this point. Um, and it was a good match. Uh, I felt like there was timing issues. Uh, I felt like maybe there was inexperience as far as reading the moment knowing when to do how to put the match together properly to get the best reactions yeah plus they had to follow that excellent four-star match um but the crowd they never lost the crowd the crowd was into it uh how about jay white with those saito suplexes dude i love 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 jay white saito suplexes he hits those things so quickly and snaps mm-hmm. i mean they, they look devastating and i mean you know, Hangman, even though he's inexperienced, he's ath- athletic as heck. He's, you know... The shooting star uh, shoulder press off the apron is always a cool spot to see. He's doing roaring elbows, coming and doing burning clotheslines. Yeah, the like, flip over uh, lariat gimmick doing, he does. He's doing all kinds of awesome... He does a standing shooting press. Like, the guy's freaking awesome. Um, really, really good match. And it was another situation where... Hangman Page, it looked like he was rolling, looked like he was getting his bearings, and he slipped. Hangman countered into the right of passage. Uh, oh no, White White countered the right of passage into the Blade Runner, and yeah. then and then got the one two three, and it was over just like that. And they're yeah. really getting that move over as like I think who did kick out of that? Was it Kenny? No, didn't didn't Kenny kick out of it once? Someone kicked out of it. 
I feel like I don't think Kenny. Okay, I, maybe not. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't remember Kenny kicking out of it. But I mean, every almost everyone that's got hit with it, it's like that's it. One, two, three, it's over. Yeah. So there, that's that's an awesome finisher. Um, and that was it. Yeah, I thought the match went a little too long too. Yeah. I feel like they were trying too hard with too much to... Well, both guys are inexperienced. They play better. Like, they're, they're both, like, not young boys, but, I mean, like, they... Still young, younger guys. I mean, J.Y. They kind of need a guy to, like, lead them through a great match like this. You yeah, J.Y. White's just coming back off excursion. I mean, uh, Hangman's still kind of at that level. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know if they were ready for this spot. The other thing, too, is, like, you know... Jay is a heel, and then Hangman's a heel. Yeah, you had so it was kind of heel weird versus dynamic. heel. Like, who were we supposed to cheer for in this match? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, Jay White got the win, and then uh, we got an angle right after this. Right. So post match, David Finley comes out and spares uh, Jay White. Yep, and says he. Um, is going to be challenging for the United States Championship on April 22nd. I claim a copyright infringement because he said, <laughs> he said, Jay, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not finished with I'm not you fini- yet. Yeah, he said, I'm not finished with you yet. You're going to get these hands, Jay. But he basically said that they're they're going to fight forever. He said, right. like, like, he's not done with him yet. They're going to fight forever. And he challenged him to April 24th, which, what show is that even? Um, I think it's, like, wrestling. Um, I'll look it up. I, for, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's in Kirk. Cork and Hall, so it's not a big show. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I guess now we're knowing, we know why, you know, Jay, or Dave Finley's been getting these, uh, these you know, pinfall victories over guys, like, just out of nowhere recently, right? Right. I mean, but the crazy thing is, I mean, David Finley's 0 for 12 against Jay White. No, I think he beat him once. I don't... Oh, maybe... I think he beat him in, like, their first match when they were young Lions. Yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, 1 for 11. Like, like, I'm sure they'll have a good match, but this makes you think that... The... Match in Cork and Hall is on the uh, that's Road to Road to Wrestling Dantaku. Gotcha. Why are they wrestling on Road to Wrestling Dantaku? I guess it's gonna be uh, well, it's in Cork and so it'll probably be on uh, New, New Japan, Japan World. World. It is on New Japan World. Yeah, so I guess they're wrestling on another Road to show, which they already they already wrestled on a Road to show this year. That's fine. I liked their first match a lot. I think I've said that a few times in the show, so it's on record. It, uh, you know. Anyways, so yeah, so Jay, you know, Jay gets the win. Dave Finley comes out and challenges him, and then that led us to the main event. Yes, the big tag team main event. So we we didn't really talk a lot about this leading up to this. Like we've talked about how this event kind of snuck up on us. Um, I do want to say a couple things. So there was a. Did you watch the Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers documentary? I did not. I only. I saw like the minute clip they put out. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. It was thing. awesome. It was awesome. Like you need definitely check that out. But this week, dude, Strong Style evolved. No coverage. Like it seemed like for like a month or whatever. You know, just tidbits here and there. And then they come to America and boom, boom, yeah, dude. 
Dave Meltzer was doing interviews. I listened to the interview with him and Okada. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. I need to check that out also. Really good. Cage Side Seats was doing, like, profiles on all the guys. Yeah, the... Um, the, that group uh, Wandex was out there as well. Yeah, New York Times did a uh, a profile on Access TV and um, Mark Cuban and New Japan Pro Wrestling, Sports Illustrated, Busted Open Radio, and um, different like publications were doing uh, interviews with like the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks, uh, and like I got a lot of insight into like what was it's just like out of nowhere within a two day span there's just tons of right media they coverage. blew up yeah. They, they had the press conference the day before, the post-show conference. How about Okada said he wants to wrestle The Rock? Right. They asked him, like, <laughs> who, they, who would he want to come in? Yeah. Challenge The Rock. So, I mean, that's that was just, like, if you guys haven't, like, been paying attention. And also there was Shibata saying he's not retired. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that in the news. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. He said that during the press conference. So, uh, I want to talk more about that after this for sure. Okay. Okay. But, um... I mean, what were your thoughts about the Bucks and the Lovers? Because, I mean, we hadn't really even discussed this too much. I thought this match was freaking awesome. No, I uh, mean, like, going into it. Oh. What were your, like, expectations? I was I was expecting a, a very high-quality match um, in the four-and-a-half to five-star range. I was expecting these guys to go out there and, you know, blow the roof off the building. And that's exactly what they did. Um, even with some botches. miss, yeah, some botches, some mistiming uh, moves, it was still a phenomenal match. Those guys killed each other. Uh, I mean, so many great, crazy spots. I love the pacing of the match. I liked the story. Yes, great story. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think every, I think it was a phenomenally built. Match and the 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 way that like uh, the spots were built, it all made sense. It was great psychology, but the story, man, the emo, bro. I will tell you this, I was getting emotional about this. Match. You were, you were, dude. You were like, I don't like this. <laughs> These guys are friends. What are they doing? <laughs> I was like, I hope, I hope when it's over that Kenny and Matt make. Up. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I just like, dude. I'm I'm invested in these characters. I watch Being the Elite. I know it's kind of goofy and all that, but like at the end of the day, I I like the Elite as a squad. Yeah, and I don't like the idea of them breaking up like this, or at least having heat. I kind of thought like it'd be a one-off match, and then that'd be it. But, dude, they put some moments in there that like I was like. The moment when, uh, specifically, like, the moment when Kenny had uh, Matt Jackson on his shoulders and he, like... For the uh, one Ring angel? Yeah, and he starts hesitating, and Matt's just like, just freaking do it! <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, a, it's not quite at the same level, but that's, like, their, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, I love you moment. Right, and then, I mean, the V-trigger, I mean, there was a point where uh, Omega was afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. And Ibushi had to make him. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of, like, when you're, like, dating a chick and she, like, wants you to do something. And you're like, oh, I don't, babe, I don't want to do it. And then she's like, just do it. And you're like, fine, 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 fine. And then later you're like, you make me a better man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyways, so, but this match was incredible, bro. Like, I thought, like, I thought, like, all the things that you want in a great wrestling match, this match had an incredible atmosphere. Great crowd, great build, well wrestled. Great spots. Awesome spots. Exciting. Hard hitting. Near finishes galore. 
on both sides. You didn't know what was going to happen. There was a lot of times where I was like, oh, the Bucks are going to pull this thing out. But I think deep down, like, we all knew Matt was going to take the fall here. Right. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what ended up happening. Like, uh, there was a point where, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kenny hits Matt Angel, and you think that's the end. Nick jumps in and makes the save. Save with the last, like, last second. Bro, that had me jumping out of my seat. I was like, okay, this match just went up a whole new level. Like, another yeah. great moment. Yeah. And then he was like, what have you done? What have you done? He's like, what has this gotten you? <laughs> he starts doing his freaking Nick, like awesome athletic spot where he's just going off on everybody but eventually they they get rid of him and then it's you know uh what do they call it the uh the, the golden trigger yep golden trigger the combo b trigger comma goye and that was it one two three uh and then kenny was just like so emotional he was crying the bucks were crying i was like man this is an emotional match for these guys yeah it is and he was like you know covering him and he was like saying i'm sorry and like all this stuff and I was just like, this is storytelling. Like, you can, dude, you can have storytelling. I think we were talking about this last night, right? What Rich had a great point about it. Like, you can have a great story w- with the, like, story being in the ring. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what they did. They told an incredible story in the ring. So, like, I was blown away. This was... Where were you on this? Were you were you full five snowflakes? Um yeah, I'm I'm throwing five snowflakes out. <laughs> I'm like I'm pretty close to there. I think I'm I think I'm there. I'll have to like Dude, I mean, how long was this match? This match was what? Uh they they gave him a full hour instead of the standard thirty minute time limit. Yeah. They went over the thirty well, minutes. Yeah, they, uh thirty nine minutes, twenty three seconds. It didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it at all to me. Yeah. I felt like a 15, 20-minute match. Dude, it was so good. Very, 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 very good. So good. So that was like just, you know, it was the icing on the cake for a, uh, you know, for for an American New Japan show. Like, Mm. we got a dream match that no one thought would ever happen with it just being, it was incredible. And uh, to me, that's the best Young Bucks match I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, blow away. Amazing. Mm. And uh, so what happened after the match was over? So, yeah, after the match, um, Kenny, well, Cody comes out first, right? Well, Kenny and Cody are, like, walking to the back, and then Cody comes out. No, so so it was Kenny first. Kenny tried to apologize and make up with them. Yeah. That was, like, the first part. Gotcha. I thought Cody had a kid. Cody came in after. Gotcha, okay. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, Kenny comes back. Tries to apologize. He, like, reconciles with Nick. Nick was crying. He was crying. They hugged. And then he tried to reconcile with Matt. Matt was not... He wasn't with the smoke. Yeah. He wasn't with the smoke. Matt was like, nah. Nah. He's like, let's get out of here. Um, So Kenny just leaves... Feels despondent. And he starts to leave with Kota Ibushi. And then Cody comes in. And Cody is freaking fuming. And he's got, like... The nicest suit on ever that he's ever worn, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, why is that man so fitted right now? <laughs> like, you, you already wrestled tonight. Like, what are you doing? But anyways, uh, he came in and he started going off on Matt, freaking just, like, freaking out on him. And then uh, Nick tried to grab him. And he pushed he pushed down Nick Jackson. Pushed him down, just like Kenny did. Yeah. So it was, like, literally, like, the same scene that happened back at, uh, what was that? That was New Beginning? Yeah. In, in uh, Sapporo? Or Osaka. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I think it was Sapporo. I think Osaka yeah. was the big show. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. And then uh, Kenny comes in and tries to, like, break things up, basically. And then 
That was pretty much it. Yeah. And then he uh, they cut a promo, right? Yep, he cut yeah. a promo afterwards. Very unlike the standard Kenny Omega promo. He was talking very, like, just normal. Mm-hmm. And he sent everybody home with a good night, goodbye, or whatever. Yeah, goodbye. The thing we say at the end of <laughs> our show every show, time yeah. that I never get right. <laughs> Oh, goodbye man. and good, good night. night. Yep. Uh, goodbye. Good. Night. What does I he must, say? He says, "I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night." That's right. And then bang, bang, <laughs> freaking a, whatever. <laughs> uh, and that was it. That was the court. That was strong, strong style, style evolved. evolved. Excellent show. Excellent show. I yeah. mean, uh, the top three matches were just like really, really, really good. Everything was like above, like around three three to like three and a quarter there's nothing that was bad at all on this show right um so next we have coming up on friday march 30th there's the road to sakura genesis and then sunday april 1st the actual sakura genesis show um as of this recording there's only two matches officially announced Okada defending the world title against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and a three-way heavyweight tag title match. 3K, Suzuki Goon, and um, LIJ. So, I mean, at this point, when we record next week, we'll have already seen Sakura Genesis. Yeah, next week we will have a Sakura Genesis uh, review. So, I mean, there's not much of a like preview to do here. I mean, we already we've already seen uh, the six or the three way tag between Lij Chaos and uh, Rapongi three or you know Rapongi three K Lij and uh, Suzuki Goon Suzuki Goon Juniors. Yeah, um, I expect that to be good. I'm kind of pissed that we're still getting triple threats in the junior division, but right. it is what it is. Um, what are your thoughts on the main event, man? That, I think Dude. that's what people really want to know about. This is gonna. I think it's gonna be a great main event. Um, it's great that Okada's have. He has a new challenge, like this monster heel. Like, can Okada survive? This is it's the story of this match. I mean, um, Saber has destroyed guys, and mm-hmm. I mean Tana and Naito. Like, so now Okada. Like, can Okada overcome? The submission machine. He's wrestled submission guys in the past, like Suzuki. Yeah. But this is a totally different, different type. Of, yeah, different like, ball game. It's a different style of wrestling that he's never really encountered in his New Japan run. Like there, the only other British guys like really wrestled, from what I understand, is like pretty much Osprey, and that's a high flying style. Right. So uh, maybe Marty Scurll in like multiple man matches, but this is a different. Zack Saber Jr. is a whole different deal altogether. So. With that being said, I um, I think that I think that this match will be great. Yeah. I think I think this is gonna outdo all the Zack Saber matches that he had because you're going to get um, the selling that you get from from uh, Okada. Okada. Yeah, you're gonna get the believability that this man can finish the match at any mat at any moment. In fact, what I like about Zack Saber Jr. is he brings to the table what strong style is all about like yes strong style does have the karate element you know that's that was part of the philosophy of what inoki was all about and you used to see that with like uh, like hashimoto he was a guy that could just f dudes up like a match could end in like three minutes if hashimoto just hit someone the right way and like that'd be it and that yeah. was believable because like that's what strong style was supposed to be emulating like a real fight but new japan has gotten and I don't criticize it for this, but what we call strong style is not really what strong style was under Inoki and what his like 
philosophy was. And this was a company that was based on the idea and, and like philosophy of submission wrestling. And they've gotten away from it. And this dude is a British master of submission wrestling. And he's come to this, you know, company that is supposed to be like based on submissions and he's better at it than everybody in the whole company. He is. And so he's like bringing an old element from like the old catch as catch can style of like folk wrestling, bringing that over from Europe and kind of reintroducing that to the, you know, to like the, uh, the shoot style, like, you know, that that, that Japan has yeah, like catch wrestling. So it's, um, I think it's very exciting. I think that we're going to see a Rainmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see, like, what Okada does to overcome this guy because it's a new test. And Okada, if Okada really is the ace and he's the guy that's supposed to carry this company and, like, represent it, he's going to have to fight a smarter wrestling match and come up with a totally different game plan. Than right. He's got to find a way to make Okada wrestle his match. You mean uh, Zack Sabre Jr.? Yeah. You gotta, yeah. Okada has to find a way to make Sabre wrestle... Okada's match. Hey, well, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> I'm serious. I think yeah. he's going to have to take the freaking fight to him. Right. And he's going to have to beat him up. He's going to have to beat Zack Sabre Jr. up if he wants to win this fight. Yeah. That's what it's going to take. And uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to... I think uh, a lot of people are... I think fans aren't sleeping on it, but I think a lot of people who don't like Zack Sabre Jr. How about... How about Zack Sabre Jr. got, like, the most, like, boos and cheers of anybody on the card? Yeah, he did. I mean, he was over huge as a heel. You were hearing the uh, F, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. And it's crazy. And uh, Meltzer was saying at PWG that uh, Sabre was over huge as a babyface. He was. Yeah. So. But he, he wrestled more like the escape style. Right. I mean, dude, Zack Sabre Jr. can be an incredible babyface. Look at the guy. He's, you think that guy can't draw sympathy? Of course he can. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He's tiny. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. Uni. Yeah. So, a couple other just last notes. So, Rhodes and Omega. You heard about the, the idea that there be some possible injuries there. Maybe that's affecting Supercar of Honor. Yeah. I've heard um, Omega say he thinks that he has an orbital bone injury. But, I mean, I think it seems like just being able to do that press post-match press conference that he's... Um, his, his injury is not as serious as he thinks it is. Yeah, there was a moment in the main event where he did a uh, moonsault, and he was doing it while, uh, like, I can't remember what ha- they were doing. The um, is that dual move that they yeah, do? The you can okay, the you can escape, um, and then Kodobushi Kod- like rolls. Uh, yeah, Kodobushi uh, went to roll under, but. Omega like moonsaulted at the same time. They had bad space. Matt was too far away, and they. Yeah. It was actually Kenny's fault because Kenny uh, placed Matt too far away, mm-hmm. and then created too much space, like too much distance. And they all had to try to clear it, and it botched everybody. So uh, he ended up hitting his head on uh, Kota Bushi's head, head and, like, yeah. almost broke his orbital bone. That looked bad. And then um, there was some speculation. So uh, we'll get more to the reason, like the storyline reason of why. Cody Rhodes was wearing a belt, but this man came out here wearing a muscle belt like he was Hulk Hogan circa 1998. Yeah, Hollywood Cody Rhodes. <laughs> but um, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer was speculating that he may be uh, dealing with the undisclosed back injury, and that might have been the real reason he was wearing the the, uh, the belt that night. Right. And, you know, they might just be introducing it maybe, yeah. maybe for merchandising purposes, but, you know, we're kind of keeping our eyes on that. So far, we haven't heard anything that indicates that Supercard of Honor is in jeopardy, but uh, 
that would be a shame. Yeah, that would. And let's talk about Katsuyori Shibata, man. Yeah, so Shibata says that he's not retired. Yeah, he said that not only is he not retired, but he plans to compete again once he's finished, like, rehabbing. Um, I mean, we just saw another, like, wrestler that we thought was done forever come back this past week. That's right. I mean... Daniel Bryan, he, he, everybody's gonna be hitting him up about the hyperbaric uh, chamber treatments and like all that he's done. I don't know if that will be helpful in Shibata's situation. I don't know the science behind all of it, but I mean, uh, I mean, it's great. Hey, if if he wrestles again, I hope he does. I hope he's safe about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he should. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's the whole thing. If Shibata gets doctors that clear him. They're clearing him to to wrestle, to get thrown around on, on a mat. Just like Daniel Bryan, those doctors cleared him to take bumps. I mean, for me at this point, I don't know if realistically Shibata ever will wrestle again, but I think the fact that he has a goal that he's pressing towards that is motivating him to keep going, I think that's an awesome thing. Yes. Um, if we could see Shibata return to full form and, like, actual wrestle, like, wrestle for real, I will... Dude, I will freaking mark out like you you don't even know. Like, <laughs> but, um, I mean, this dude's saying he's going to wrestle. And, I, dude, I think if Katsuyori Shibata says he's going to wrestle, we're going to see him wrestle. I don't know if it'll be, like, full-time or anything like that. But, I mean, if he, I think we will at some point see him back in the ring. Yeah, definitely. And I did not think that. Like, dude, like a year ago, we thought this guy was almost, was going to die. Yeah, like like his like his situation was super dire. It was rough. Yeah. So I mean, this that's great news. Um, other news that we got going on. Um, so right off of the um, you know announcement of the G one special that's going to be coming to uh, the Cow Palace earlier today, New Japan made an official announcement that they're bringing Strong Style Evolved to the UK. Bam! Overseas it, on June thirtieth, they will be in. Milton Keys, and then on July 1st, they're going to be in Manchester. So it's a two night show. Um, we already know that they're doing the um, what's it called? The, the oh, the Ring of Honor tour, the Ring of Honor um, tour, the night, what is it? The United Honor United, I think so. Yeah, Honor United tour that's going to be in May. So then they're following it up the next month returning with New Japan and uh, from the press release it says that they're going to be partnering with, with RevPro but these will be New Japan shows in the United Kingdom so I'm very confident that those tickets are going to go quickly yeah hopefully those shows end up on uh, New Japan World so yeah we had an excellent uh, <laughs> an excellent week of wrestling we got a you know we got a new title challenger we got a five star match forwarded storylines like New Japan is freaking on fire uh, Rich Latta had the audacity to say that th- this company's on ha- in the middle of a turn <laughs> uh, okay um, but with that being said you want to get some news? Yeah, let's go to the news. Let's go to the news. So we got some matches that are announced that are coming up. Um, so WrestleMania weekend, we keep talking about this. This is literally, what, two weeks away now? Yeah. So me and Jeremy, we're going to be there. We will be on all the different shows that the New Japan talent is going to be on. If the main there's shows. a New Japan guy there, we will be there. Except for the Evolve shows. Yeah. We're missing those. And some of the, like, some of the UK guys are going to be on those shows. But even still... Um, 
there's some new announced matches. So for RevPro, we got two new match announcements. We've been wondering about if Tanahashi was going to compete. We know now that he for sure is a lock to compete. He will be teaming with Juice Robinson, and they'll be taking on the team of Aussie Open. Interesting. I've never seen Aussie Open, but... I've, I've seen, never heard of him. I've seen the Ace. I've seen Juice. I'm excited for that combination. I've never seen, uh, yeah, I've never seen Juice or Tanahashi in in real life. Same here. So I'll be excited about that. Um, but yeah, Aussie Open. Apparently, they're you know, as the name indicates, they're from Australia. Uh, they're supposed to be like one of the hottest new tag teams. So um, mm. I've heard good things. And then um, Jeremy, why don't you run down the next match, Ref Pro Weekend? Next match. We have uh, Suzuki taking on Jeff Cobb. Holy freaking crap. Dude, this match is going to be insane. Suzuki is going to kill this man. (laughs) Bro, Jeff Cobb has to wrestle Ishii the night before. And then the next day, he's got to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, that's that's a rough weekend for uh, <laughs> Mr. Matanzo there. I'm sure he's got other other matches. Like, he's going to have a crazy week. So, um, we get to see both those matches. I am very, 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 very excited about Suzuki and Jeff Cobb. Like, you have no idea. Um, and then we got the final match announced for Supercard of Honor. We were kind of wondering if Tanaha- what Tanahashi was going to be doing. Right. We were wondering what Jay Lethal was going to be doing. And I think we we were kind of hoping that we'd get a match between those. Right. Guys. I think it's funny. Yeah, we were speculating Tanahashi versus Jay Lethal, and they ended up teaming together. And they're going to be challenging them boys, the Briscoes, for the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles. And yeah, that has that should be a great match. So we got some new WrestleMania weekend matches announced. Um, how about this over the top? Um, is an, just announced, and I believe Over the Top is from, like, Dublin. I think they're from Ireland. I think OTT. so, yeah, yeah. I forget, but they're definitely a European uh, company, and they announced their card for Scrapper Mania on May 12th, and they've got three matches that I think our fans uh, and listeners are going to find very interesting. So they got Matt Riddle versus Will Ospreay. That'll be interesting. Which is a match we are seeing WrestleMania weekend at yes. the WWN Super Show. Yep, yep. So that will be a, this is going to be a month later, so it's going to be a rematch. And then they've got Suzuki against Keith Lee. Holy dude. I think that's the first time those guys ever wrestled. Yeah. So Minoru Suzuki versus Keith Lee, like that could be excellent. That could be epic. And then Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Again, the return match. So they've got two WrestleMania weekend, uh, you know, rematches here just a month later. And then Suzuki versus Lee. I mean, that sounds like an incredible card, Scrapper Mania. I don't know. Too much about OTT. I know. I mean, like, I know, like, uh, a few of the guys have competed there and stuff. But uh, I think we should keep our eyes out for this card. Definitely. Uh, and then we got the next Lionsgate project show coming up April tenth on uh, New Japan World. There will be two new young lions yes. debuting. Yes. You know I love the young lions. Yeah, bro. of course. That's the gimmick. The young boys, baby. So we got two new young lions. Uh, I didn't do the research on them. I mean, I, I did read about them, but I mean, right. like, we don't we have, have, we have their names memorized just yet. Yeah, I mean, we've got a month till that comes up. But just the fact that we got a couple new young lions, I think you've been seeing them. They're, they're both bald right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these are young trainees that just got shaved because they're getting ready for their, their debut. So, uh, you know, th- they got humbled. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about being the elite. The elite. Yeah, so... Epi- we just watched a new episode. Yeah, so last week's episode was 97, Manipulation. 
where the, the main thing of that episode was uh, Kenny Omega sent a video apologizing to the Young Bucks. However, Cody had uh, Nick's laptop because it got left behind in Vegas. So Cody got, ended up seeing the video first. He edited the video. Yeah, and he uh, sent it back to Yeah, to he them. manipulated the video, sent it back to return the young the laptop back to Nick. Nick opens up the laptop, sees that video, plays the it. Footage. Yeah, the doctored footage with uh My favorite part and something I've I like I sometimes I just sit back and I just laugh about this because Cody like doctored it in a way, quote unquote, to where basically <laughs> Kenny goes, Guys, I just want you to know the Golden Lovers the best, best tag team, team in the world. world and the young bucks two little bitches <laughs> it's like two little bitches <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, god. my god and then he said it again like he doctored it so that he said the same, same thing, thing the like, second time yeah. like, and I was like bro I was just I was popping for that so hard and then uh, Nick was like something seems off like somebody messed the footage and Matt's like no no that that's that how he feels that's how he feels that's how he feels because I'm, I'm glad we it's finally know the truth <laughs> so then uh obviously like we just saw the match this past weekend so that was kind of building up to the match and right. then uh episode 98, 98 just came out strong style evolved um showed the backstory on the weight belts uh Cody made them all oh yeah and he kept saying no one's ever done it before yeah first time in wrestling <laughs> and then uh Nick d- didn't seem to care about the weight belt but yeah, Matt like but it. Matt loved it um and so the main you're, you're starting to see the rift between uh between Nick and Matt yeah with with the manipulation that uh that Cody has kind of brought into the fold mm-hmm because you know, we saw one episode where, you know, he went up to Nick and he told Nick, hey, you're the Sean, you're the Robert, you're the one who needs to think about going singles. You're carrying this guy. He's dead weight. And then he went to Matt the next week. He told him, you know, like, hey, you're bigger, you're wiser. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever thought about, about singles? singles? <laughs> and both guys, like, he hasn't told, it's uh, it's like that old NWO storyline, like, you're the real yeah you're, you're the real leader you're yeah. the real leader of the NWO <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you're starting to see that and these guys are I don't know if they're that's not one of the only things I don't like about the storyline with Cody is like bro these guys edit I don't know bro they edit this show right they will obviously watch the show like you guys know what's happening they should know what the freak is going on like yeah, you know what I mean and yeah. then the other thing too is like who in this scenario would side with Cody who in this scenario, like, bro, no, none of those guys should be siding with Cody at all. Like, but right. it, 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 it breaks my suspense. Except a little maybe bit. Hangman. Not even Hangman. Why would he? I don't know. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. I don't know. It's fine. Like, you know, that's it's fine. That's a story. That's a story they want to tell. It's fine. But you know, like, Cody's almost like a character at this point. Like, no one would actually like follow that dude. All right. So I don't know, but yeah. So um, episode ninety eight, like after the what happened, like after the attack, basically, because because they showed the match between the the young bucks and the golden lovers. Right. So pretty much, Cody came back up trying to apologize, and Nick was just kind of like, "Dude, what are you doing here?" And um, so it seems like uh, Nick is kind of on to. He said, "We can't trust this guy." So Nick is on to the fact that. 
can't trust Cody, but Matt is not. Matt seems to be more about Cody. Yeah, he kind of, like, forgave him. Yeah. Even though, like, he attacked. So that's the funny thing, like, was, you know, Matt feels some kind of way about the the whole Kenny thing because Kenny Kenny's the one that pushed him. Right. Now Nick got pushed by Cody. So Co- no. He's feeling some kind of way. So that's kind of what this is all like about. Plus like um, Cody's been like sowing discord. I just still don't know what his motivation is. I mean, it kind of feels like he wants to destroy the Bullet Club. That is what it feels like. Like why else would you break up try to break up the best tag team in the world? Tell everybody your theory about All In. So, actually, I can't take credit for this. This was, this was Rich Latta's idea um, that potentially we could see Nick versus Matt at All In. You think that main main events are like semi-main events? Probably semi? Mm, I guess depending on who else they have on the card, maybe semi-main. You think Kenny Cody, like, run it back? Rematch? They could. They could, Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, bro, that that idea right there, Nick versus Matt, I get sad thinking about that. Like, really, really sad. I'm like, no, I don't want them to wrestle. Yeah. And then you brought up another idea of Nick and Kenny, Cody, and Matt. I guess if we see that with the way that the story is going. Yeah. And that might be like the precursor to a match between uh, Nick and Matt if it, if it ends up going that way. But it seems like such a waste. We just finally got these guys up to the heavyweight division. Right. Like, we just got them here, and, like, they're going to break up now. Like, I don't want them – I don't ever want the Young Bucks to break up. I don't think they will like, officially break up. Even if they do end up having a one-on-one match at All-In, I'm sure they'll, you know, make up and go back on to the tag division. Oh, man. So we'll wait and see what happens there, but that's kind of the story there. Basically – Nick is catching on to what's going on with Cody and Matt is kind of caught under a spell and that was you know the last two episodes the latest episodes of being the elite um, we got a bunch of other international news just things to kind of run over real quick so we you know to wrap up the show so Jushin Thunder Liger we just saw him have that excellent match with uh, Will Ospreay but he was actually in the States for a while we were wondering what his tour yeah, know, we, schedule was going to yeah. be um, we, we know now because it already happened yeah <laughs> But uh, g- given the rundown, he so he had a uh, you know North American tour um, on March 11th. Jushin Thunder Liger teamed with Rocky Romero. They uh, wrestled the tag team of the Whirlwind Gentlemen, Jack Manley and Remy Marcel, hmm. at FSW Mecca Two event in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, they ended up winning that match. Um, then later in the week, he ended on March 16th. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger teamed up with ACH, uh, otherwise known as uh, Tiger Mask Dark. Yep. <laughs> go, go, uh, ACH. Defeating the team of wrestling, which was David Starr and Trevor Lee. Um, David Starr and Trevor Lee are just, those guys are freaking awesome. Yeah. So this was actually probably the biggest of the uh, excursion matches that Liger had on this tour. This was at AAW Epic 2018, their 14th anniversary show. In uh, you know uh, Marionette Park, Illinois, um, I've actually heard very good things about this tag team match, so I do want to check that out if I get a chance. And then on March 18th, um, Atlantis, Durango Kid, Jushin Thunder Liger, and uh, Lebron- 
Labyrintho defeated Blood Eagle, Dr. Maldad, Akamora, and Ray Bocanero. Oh, Lucha Show. Yep, Lucha Show, Lucha Show in uh, Pico Rivera, California for LWP. So I don't know how much of this made tape. I know that AAW definitely made tape. Uh, I'm going to bet the FSW one did. Probably not the L- LWP, but yeah, so Lager was out there. He was doing seminars. He was doing, uh, I saw him doing different like uh, media spots. And he. Ran- I wonder if his seminar was anything like the Young Bucks seminar. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger wrapped it up, you know. So this was all pretty much in California. He did one Illinois show and a Las Vegas show. But, uh, you know, I'm getting to the point to wonder how much longer you, we're going to get a chance to see Liger. Like, that's one of my bucket list things. I got to see this guy live. Yeah. Dude, when, when Liger came out that night, we didn't talk about this. It felt like 1992. Yeah, dude. That was a road Mega warrior pop. pop. Mega pop. Like, oh, my God. Man's hot. So Liger, Liger was on tour. Um, speaking of masked characters, um, DDT Judgment uh, ran last night, and we saw the retirement of yeah the great Muda. Yep. So Kiji Muto is getting double knee replacement surgery, and he has come out and said that he will be retiring. Now Kiji Muto is not retired. But the great Muda is. But the great Muda had his final match. Apparently, apparently, I, I mean, it, anything can happen. But yeah, uh, apparently, uh, last night was the final match for the great Muda. Which, if that is true, uh, you know, farewell to one of the greatest, you know, gimmicks in Peru Rezu in all of wrestling history. So yeah, um, you know. Former IWGP champion, just incredible stuff. Uh, the last time I saw a Muda match, super rough. So I don't know how good that DDT match was. Yeah. But it was like an eight-man tag, so I'm sure they protected him somewhat. Um, also, another news. So we've talked about the uh, uh, like team or what, what the partnership between Stardom and you know Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor for yep. the Women of Honor tournament. Yep, yep, yep. They actually released some video earlier this past week for their qualifying matches. They actually had qualifying matches in Stardom, which I didn't know about, which was pretty cool that you know that stuff made tape. Yeah, for the Stardom tournament that they're having. No, no, for the Women of Honor. Tour. Oh, for oh, okay. yeah. Some of some of the opening uh, like qualifying matches actually happened in Stardom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're they're now um, going to be holding the 2018 Cinderella tourney. Uh, in Cork and Hall on April 30th, and the first announced uh, participant is Brandy Rowe. Yeah, big's a big thing for Brandy. Yeah, I mean Brandy's gonna be competing in Cork, and like that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, and they're expected to have other women of honor like in the tournament. So that's another thing to keep your eyes out. I think this is nothing but good things for stardom and good things for Ring of Honor. So I mean, Ring of Honor is being smart, like kind of you know branching out with their partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Ring of Honor's uh, partnerships, uh, d- did you catch Joe Coff's um, interview with Sporting News? I did not. I missed that. So he kind of talked about the New Japan relationship and basically how Ring of Honor has benefited from bringing in New Japan talent and sending guys over there as well. Yeah. And kind of like what their feelings were about having New Japan start to run shows in the U.S. And he said, you know, at this point, like with the size of their companies it's really not a threat to either of them and they're both businesses and they have to do what it takes to be successful at the same time he also said you know that they plan on growing and expanding just like new japan is so that's a good sign yeah he also uh talked about the honor club service that they got coming out and they asked him when more classic content is coming out which is something i'm really waiting on and he said that 
they're waiting to clean up the digital like video. Mm. And he said the problem is right now they have all the tapes from like the early days, and he said that they just they don't look good basically mm. and he's like you know when you when you play it back and you play a modern tape versus what they had in 2003 it just does not stand up and he was like so they're working right now to on remastering it on remastering that stuff yeah he said that they're not going to be going back from the beginning and bringing it all up to date he says they're going to be adding it from what was late what was you know most recent and then start going back accordingly because that's going to be easier for them, like money-wise, essentially. Right. So that's good news, though. I mean, like they're planning to, you know, essentially uh, add more of that classic content that we're that we're waiting on. Um, we got some other news, Jeremy. Yes. Yeah, so um, Finn Balor has a very interesting shirt that just came out from WWE shop. You saw that? Yeah, OGBC, <laughs> which also in WWE stands for Original Balor Club, but I think we all know the true meaning of that. I saw uh, also where Fale tweeted that and then he put up his shirt which says OG Bullet Club as well that he sells in his store and that they also sell it in the UK uh, New Japan store. And then um <laughs> Matt Jackson tweeted follow he's like better be careful with that they're gonna give you a cease and desist <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah he basically put up both of their shirts side by side and he said OGB club OGBC over there OGBC over here and I was like that's tight yeah so yeah no, uh, Finn Gals and Anderson all wearing I kinda those want shirts. that OGBC Balor Club shirt because it doesn't say Balor, Balor Club, club on it a, yeah it just says OGBC and I'm kinda like that's tight because now I kind of want to wear it. like it's like a Bullet Club shirt basically. Right. Um, how about Vader? Yeah, I had open heart surgery. Um, what was today? That? Today, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we reported last week that you know he was getting surgery. Um, we hadn't heard anything about it, and then suddenly uh, earlier this week, um, Vader like re tweeted saying that he was having to have full open heart surgery and that you know he actually did release a video a couple hours before the surgery i haven't heard anything today so we're still like hoping for the best but that seems to be a lot more serious of a uh procedure than what we had anticipated was going to be the week before so uh, again thoughts and prayers go out to vader uh, yeah and his family definitely then um, also a big announcement for all in the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix are signed for all in. Yeah. So that's a that's a really, really big, uh, you know, deal. I've seen both those guys wrestle. I love Pentagon Phoenix. And, you know, I'm, I I whatever it is that they, they're going to end up doing, I think it's probably going to be something awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you hear about Vince Russo wanted to be all in? Yeah, apparently, yeah. This clown <laughs> wants to be all in. Dude, he needs to be all out and just get out somewhere. He was saying something to the effect that, like, you know, the, the stuff that these indie guys are missing with the controversy and the stories and the sex and all that, he could bring that to them. So he's like, he, he said that he'd uh, offer his services, whether it was officiating, ring announcing, uh, you know, in the back, creative. Throughout the resume, pretty much. Yeah, was pretty like, much. Yeah. Uh, announcing or, uh, like, uh, calling. He'll do it. All. He'll, what, he's like, he sees money there, and he's going to try to leech on as quickly as possible. Yeah. For so, real. Yeah, for real. Um, also, uh, we announced a few months ago that All Japan was, in, uh, was releasing their, fir- their own streaming service. Well, it officially launched, 
and last night they had um, their first like streamed event, mm. and Kento Miyahara won the Triple Crown Champion back from uh, Joe Doring, which I don't. I know you don't follow it as much as yeah. Uh, Kento Miyahara is the ace. He's the ace. He's like their Tanahashi. He's freaking awesome. Uh, that All Japan uh, Champions Carnival that we talked about, yeah. that's super stacked. That's next month, and he's going in as the champion now. So it, it changes the whole dynamic of who might win and that sort of thing. And you know, the winner of that tournament basically gets a title shot the month after. So uh, from, from all reports, this is actually one of the best matches they've had all year, the Doring and Miyahara match. And like it, it, it comes really, really highly recommended. So that's super successor All Japan. Um, good to hear that they're like doing well again, you know, after years of like struggle. And I am kind of thinking about maybe getting that streaming service. Why not, man? I want to see that 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 <laughs> bro that champions the carnival, champions carnival. Yeah, it's like more stacked than than any G one has been in years. Yeah, honestly, it really is. Um, other news: so Josh Barnett, who called Strong Style Ball last night, he's you know former. You know, New Japan talent. He was actually flagged last year for a USADA violation. He's obviously an MMA fighter. He is the first ever official person to get uh, away with just a reprimand from USADA for uh, uh, steroid use. He was able to actually prove emphatically without any doubt that his um, failure, his test failure, came from a tainted... uh, supplement that he was taking that was not an actual like steroid Mm. but had banned substances in it and he proved it and they gave him a reprimand and he will be returning to the ufc shortly first time that's ever happened with usada wow that's interesting um i'm curious who his first fight back will be against i don't know last time i saw him fight he got choked unconscious so (laughs) he's he's a heavyweight right yeah barnett's like one of the all-time greats (laughs) he's incredible um also, how about this? Scott Diamore was at uh, at Strong Style Ball last night. Yeah, Scott Diamore, one half of the Golden Bookers. I guess that's what that tweet really means. <laughs> one of our one of our fans uh, like corrected me on what that news meant uh, on the comments earlier this week. But yeah, um, he was there with Don Callis, and I we've been hearing rumblings that they're looking to expand their partnership. They are trying to poach talent for Impact. What he's doing. You think so? <laughs> I think yeah. I think they're they're trying to like sh- like trying to finesse trying to finesse. Hey yeah. man, you let's get uh, golden lovers on the next episode of Impact. <laughs> um, and then some video game news. So we know Fire Pro Wrestling World is coming out later this summer. Yeah, for PS4. It's gonna be featuring uh, New Japan talent, New Japan, uh, you know video game modes and titles all that good stuff well they are now officially taking pre-orders so if you have a ps4 you want that video game you can now pre-order there was also an announcement earlier this week that uh there will be another uh tekken crossover with new japan involving naito uh offering different kinds of like in-game awards and then different uh clothing branded with naito and tekken i don't understand the whole entire thing but if you're a video game fan probably something worth checking out and then uh last bit of news yeah so okada versus shibata is the match of the week on new japan world um that's the match from last year's uh secure genesis uh the big kind of coming out party for shibata the big going away party for shibata yeah 
But hey, um, according to Shibata, it's not going away. Yeah, so. so I mean, if you've never seen that match and you're not a subscriber to New Japan World, you have to see that match. As soon as you're done listening to this pod, you fire up New Japan World and put that match on ASAP. Yeah, so I mean, that's a, that's a five-star match that you owe it to yourself if you've never seen it. Go watch it. If you have seen it... Watch it again. It's free, guys. It's on YouTube. It's on New Japan World. Watch that match and... You know, prepare yourself because we're getting ready to go into Sakura Genesis and it's a year later and Okada's still champion and yeah. we got another dangerous challenger. So, I mean, this is just freaking... Um, Jeremy, any last... No, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, next week, we will be back with a Sakura Genesis review uh, with possibly uh, James Boyd from One Nation Radio, our brothers here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And um, I'm sure we'll also be naming our March uh, Wrestler of the Month and March Match of the Month. So make sure you catch that next week. Thank you for listening. Make sure you connect with us on social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our listeners. We ended up giving uh, our our shirt away. We announced the winner last week. Yeah, Howard Taylor, the winner of the um, New Japan Cup uh, Pick'em Contest. Australia, All baby. the way from Australia. He is getting a uh, Toro Yano shirt delivered to him. will be to him shortly. So guys, when we say we're gonna buy you stuff, it's not a, we're not working. It's a shoot. So yeah. when we do these contests, enter in and you can win something. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be all the way <laughs> in Australia. All the way in Australia. Yeah, that was something where I was like, oh word, we gotta pay for that shipping. All right. Yeah, like in the on Ryback's podcast, like he would always like have his running joke about only giving away stuff to like people in the United States. And like skipping like all like the UK like entries, uh, but yeah, we don't care where you're from. Enter our contest, we'll hook you up with something. So Howard, I hope you enjoy your uh, Toro Yano shirt when it comes in. Uh, make sure you guys are uh, connecting with us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Ki Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L Donovan. Um, the brand at Social Suplex. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Social Suplex. You can join our group also, the Wrestling Squared Circle, facebook.com forward slash Wrestling Squared Circle. We need some more New Japan fans up in there. Um, yeah, yeah, desperately. Yeah. You can follow us on Reddit. I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, Rich Latta and James Boyd have One Nation Radio, One Nation Live. Uh, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Uh, those guys are from Scotland. Do a great job. Shout out to Ricky and Clive. <laughs> they had a special episode last week. Ricky was unable to be on, but they had... Uh, Rants from SMC and Kyle Moores, who's one of our most active members in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. What up, Kyle? So check that episode out. (laughs) 
um, the SMC podcast. They are on hiatus right now. At some point, those guys will be back. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and just continue to support our network by leaving a rating and review on the app of your choice. Also, we're on Spotify now. What? So you have that Spotify membership. You can stream all the shows from the Social Suplex Podcast Network really? on Spotify. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Oh but, my God. That's why I just <laughs> show up. You booked the territory. I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> hey, guys. Another thing. When you see us post this show on freaking Reddit, stop down for our show. Our show is good, man, man. We're trying to get over out here, man. I'll be like looking on on Reddit, and all of a sudden we got like twelve votes. Then I look an hour later, four votes. What the heck happened? <laughs> and like, no, it's not even like people are like, yo, your show. Like, no one's commenting. Right, your guys, show sucked this hey, week. Hey, if you guys think the show sucks this week, just put it in the comments. Let us know. Be real with us, and we'll bury you. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll come on here next week and bury you. Um, no, but Look for what this jabroni said. <laughs> for real, we want feedback, whether it's positive, negative. Like, if you're downvoting, let us know. Like, for a reason. Like, hey, it's in like the show this week. And if you guys like the show, like, share it. For- yeah, share it. Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. Let them know about keeping it strong style. Help us grow. Um, share the whole social suplex podcast network. Um, remember, uh, WrestleMania weekend's coming up. If you guys are going to be out there, look for us. We'll at some point be wearing our red social suplex shirts. So be on the look. We should do something Sunday. Some we'll suplex get together. Yeah, we'll we'll keeping a strong style get together. We'll yeah. chop each other like super freaking hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, be fun. <laughs> well, until next time, goodbye and, and good night. night. Bang. Pew pew. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.